like bounces and just goes right past him. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't even try. Like I don't really know what to think about it. Like when, when it happened, you and me both looked at each other like, wait, what did we just watch? Yeah, I'd like to see other people's like opinions. If you get a chance, check it out. Maybe we'll have our intern retweet this goal. But uh, is that? I mean, would you say goalkeeper's fault big time? Because the bro, guy I could be forty looking, yards out. Bro, I could be looking at nudes on my phone and I'll have a better reaction time than that man. And he's in the fucking championship <laughs> game. What the fuck? On today's footy corner, Arsenal win their fourteenth FA Cup win. Anthony Taylor's in the headlines for Chelsea as a controversial figure. Fulham have punched their ticket to the Premier League through an unlikely hero and some dodgy goalkeeping. Eddie Howe and Bournemouth have headed for the divorce. The chic takeover at Newcastle is officially dead, and Kareem Benzema wants to be like Mike Tyson. Along with an interview with Evan Wolf and the typical comments and nonsense of the week next. And we are back on the footy corner. Arine, how's everything going? Everything is going good. How are you? Not too bad. Just settling in, right? We're midweek, you know, a little later than we normally give an episode, but I mean, there isn't no, too, is, too much going on. This is usual. I mean, Monday or Tuesday, yeah. <coughs> oh, you mean day. Day yeah, of the yeah, week, yeah. yeah. But we're still on track, even though the season's over. Uh-huh. And we'll come back with another one next week. But before we do that, let's, let's talk about what's going on uh, this week. It was a great, great weekend, at least in my eyes, sports-wise. Yeah. And Chicago baseball is back. Yeah, that's right. The White Sox are doing good. Yeah. The Cubs are doing good. Yeah. The Blackhawks are 1-1. They play today, right? They play tonight. So when this gets released, some of you will probably either be watching the game while it's happening, late night, or will have known what happened. And so, it looks like Armageddon outside. <clears throat> yeah. It's, uh, mm. The weather's it's wild. Four, four o'clock. Uh, but, you know, today's episode, we got an awesome interview. I think uh, Evan Wolf was kind enough to come on the show, so a fan of a New team that we haven't you know seen on this, um, and we're going to talk about the FA Cup, a little bit of a promotion, big match that happened on Tuesday yeah. that we watched, mm-hmm. and then some uh, musings and a little just what's going on here or there. My boys, the your boys in the uh, promotion. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, I was uh, I was big on Brentford, didn't happen. Yeah, but you know, hey, and also the big news for me, sports are freaking back all yeah. day long, mate. What are your thoughts on that? I'm excited, you know. Um, I I don't know what really what to say. It's, it's just weird, you know. It's just like you have hockey that starts at like eleven central, yeah, and then you have you know even even those that may not have enjoyed basketball, the good teams are playing now. So it's like you could either watch a hockey game if that goes out of reach, you could watch basketball, baseball's on now. Man, it's it's wild. It's just and it's, then EPL's um, going to be back in a few weeks again. Yeah, it's amazing. Obviously, it's a lot different without fans, but. Um, I mean, it's definitely the first time and maybe the only time we'll ever get all of these sports going on at the same time. Right. And and big moments, too, like playoffs for hockey and then basketball's playoffs will start soon. And and then baseball's playoffs. I mean, shortened season, so every game really does matter. Um, Yeah. They're already a sixth through the season, pretty much. You know, so as long as it it doesn't get canceled by coronavirus issues that we'll talk about later. Hopefully a vaccine gets figured out by the end of the year. I think it's on... On point, on point so. hopefully. So, all right. So, shall we jump into it then? Yeah. All right. So, the FA Cup was on Saturday uh, from Wembley. Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1. We were both wrong on our predictions. Uh, Pulisic, the only, the early goal for Chelsea. But Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang with the brace. Uh, Kovacic was sent off in the 73rd on a bit of a controversial uh, call by Anthony Taylor. Arsenal's 14th FA Cup. 
Uh, they're also the first to beat the same opponent three times. They beat Chelsea in 0-2, and 20. Arteta is the first Arsenal uh, manager and captain to win the FA Cup. He's won it once as a manager, once as a captain. What were your just thoughts on the match overall? And then we can get into some of the bigger points uh, on the day. Um, <clears throat> for me, uh, it was a good game. I think it just completely changed when Pulisic got injured. But regardless, uh, you know, I don't know. I thought it was a, I thought Arsenal played really well. I don't know what you think about it as your, your boys. I thought the first half was very... Very open. It was an open first half, and I think the first 20 minutes, Chelsea dominated. Uh, Pulisic finished his chance really well. Clean yeah. finish on a, on a nice back heel from Giroud. Um, and I think he had another chance at one point, too. He had another shot that kind of came close. Mount had a shot that Martinez had to die for. So I think – but once that first water break hit, and I think it's been magic. Every time that first water break hits, Mikel Arteta does something. He puts something in the water, and the Arsenal team usually wakes up. And I think they did a smart job of attacking the outsides. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to use Aubameyang and Pepe's speed and playing long balls over the top because we talked about it, that that Chelsea defense would be suspect. And especially when Espilicueta went down with his injury, you know, you knew they were Dave. They're in, they're in trouble, right, when that happened. I felt kind of bad because, as you said, when Pulisic went down, I was just like, ah, you know, they really got hit by the injury bug in this game with those two guys. And then I felt really bad for Pedro at the end with that separated shoulder. Um, what were your thoughts on, before I get into Anthony Taylor, that finish from Aubameyang for that second goal? He turns uh, Lulu's Rudiger into a pretzel. Um, I'm struggling to remember it, to be honest with it you. It was when he, he got the ball from Pepe. He's on his right foot, so, you know, Zuma, or, uh, Rudiger's expecting the shot. He takes it onto his left and then chips the keeper. Oh, oh yeah, that was like messy esque. Yeah, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was that's an insane goal. I mean, has he signed the contract yet? Uh, they they are going to offer him everything, and and I you know he tweeted, it's really up to Aubameyang. He tweeted something. He said, "My manager," and it was him hugging the um, Arteta. And by the way, he was celebrating and with the team. I mean, I, I get the sense that he wants to stay. So. That would be... It's pretty much going to happen, I think. I don't know how long it's going to be because he said, how old is he? He's 31. He just turned 31. And as it's, like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong. God knows how long he could run like this for, but he's someone that does rely a lot on his pace. So mm-hmm. we'll see if um, how, how much longer he could be effective for. Yeah. I think the important thing for Arsenal is to keep him. I mean, he was by far their MVP this season. Easily their best player, again, for, the, I think, a second year. And... Any transfer they get, it won't be as good as re-signing him. That would be their biggest – you know how everyone talks about biggest transfer. Yeah. They have to re-sign the guy. The problem is it's really up to him because does he want to stay? I think they're going to offer him money. It's a matter of if he wants that or if like a team like Barcelona comes calling. See, my question is why is Barcelona going after not just him but like the whole Payanich thing and like why are they going after these older guys? Like you know what I mean? I don't know. Usually they go for – usually like what happened to the Neymar is the – yeah. You know, those guys, well, the, the young studs. Teams like that that want to win right away, and I've seen it with kind of the recruiting Arsenal's doing, they might try to patch up a little bit the, these two, three years with a player like that until they could get a player next season in the ranks. I, I guess you're right. With a team like Barcelona, they have so many good players. <clears throat> they have <clears throat> Griezmann, you know. Suarez, and Messi up top right now. I don't know. I'm not really sure where Aubameyang would fit in there. Right. Yeah, depending <clears throat> on if they keep, you know, or let go one of Suarez, those guys. probably, yeah. 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 So... Uh, and then who knows how much longer Messi's gonna gonna play. So, but anyway, that said, they need to get Aubameyang to sign the thing. 
Kovacic was sent off. He's the sixth player to be sent off in the FA Cup final. Um, the last player was Moses against Arsenal uh, in 2017. This brings me to the point of Anthony Taylor. What were your thoughts on Anthony Taylor's refereeing on the day? I'm going to deflect this, and, and what do you think? Uh, I'm interested I, in your... And I'm an Arsenal fan. Yeah. I thought it was subpar. I thought I thought that the um, Kovacic uh, yellow card was not a yellow card. I think that was the wrong call. The pundits were saying that it should have been a foul on Shaka. Now, that, to me, is wild and banana lines. I don't right. think that's it. I just wouldn't have given a second yellow there. Um, but, again, I also thought that the foul on Dave, that was a penalty... And I've seen it called a red card on Arsenal so many times for clear goal scoring opportunity. And word on the street, you know, being that he claimed that it wasn't because he thought Dave was playing the ball and Dave was not playing the ball. So, you know, I think overall Anthony Taylor had a mare and, and I could see Chelsea fans' uh, you know, reaction and being upset to how he did. But again, I feel like they lost the match on the pitch as well. It wasn't like Anthony Taylor lost the match. Right. He just didn't do great in my opinion. Um, so do you agree with that for the most part? Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's general consensus. Um, but I, I still, you know, no matter what Chelsea fans say, I think without Pulse into the game, the whole dynamic of the game just changed. Mm-hmm. You know, do, could Chelsea still have won? Yeah, but I still think Arsenal were a better team after that injury. Yeah, um, yeah. It just totally messed up Chelsea's whole game plan. And I think Arsenal capitalized on it like perfectly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, based on what I've seen, the Anthony Taylor um, stuff was was shocking. But yeah, bit rough from him. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Chelsea have a match coming up with Bayern Munich in Champions League. But I think that one might they're be all on but, three. Yeah, two or three, two. I thought it was two. Two. That one might all be all. And, but, but they're sealed. going to the Allianz. Yeah, right. That's not it. Not. I mean, it's not in London. So. Right. So that might be all dusted and done. So. Um, you never know. We'll see. Coming from a Liverpool fan, you never know. Chelsea, uh, well, with all the injuries they have, though, with Pulisic being hurt, Dave being hurt, I think they're just a team that needs to recover because the new season's coming up September 12th. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but I think Arsenal can hopefully carry some of this momentum. You know, late season, they right. beat some really big teams. So we'll have to see what happens if they can carry that through the transfer window into the season. Uh, let's talk about another team in the Premier League next season. A new team, Fulham. Uh, playoff win yesterday on Tuesday. Right. 2-1 winners. It was 0-0 heading into extra time. We were watching this. Yeah. But Joe Bryan with a brace for Fulham. Uh, guard scoring really late for Brentford, but it was too little too late. Uh, Brentford have failed to earn promotion in all nine playoff attempts. I feel kind of bad for them there. Whereas Fulham have now earned playoff promotion twice in the last three seasons. Uh, they were, if you recall, in two years ago in the Premier League. Leicester being the only other team to do such a thing, go up... Uh, Go down and go back up in ninety three, ninety four, and ninety five, ninety six. Right. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on on this match, <clears throat> from what you saw at least? Um, it was back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that first goal that Byram, whatever the fuck his name was, was fucking wild. Joe Bryan, yeah. I mean, we're trying to figure out what the goalie was thinking. If you haven't seen it, go please go check it out because the goalie dives when the goal the ball's in the back of the net, and it looks like it just like bounces and just goes right past him. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't even try. Like I don't really know what to think about it. Like when, when it happened, you and me both looked at each other like, "Wait, what did we just watch?" Yeah, I'd like to see other people's like opinions. If you get a chance, check it out. Maybe we'll have our intern retweet this goal. But 
Uh, is that? I mean, would you say goalkeeper's fault big time? Because the bro, guy I could be forty looking, yards bro, out. Bro, I could be looking at nudes on my phone and I have a better reaction time than that man. And he's in the fucking championship game. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, bit of a rough game from Joe Bryan that you mentioned. That's his first career professional brace. Uh, he's and, a left back too. Yeah, he's only scored two goals in his first seventy-seven full appearances. Scored two in the also, biggest game of his career. Also, um, that last goal was a classic. Um, the one that Brentford score, mm-hmm. it was a classic, you know, get a late goal, maybe we can get one back, so try getting the ball in the back of the net, and then it becomes like a UFC fight in the net, yeah. with the goalie and the player. It was, was wild. Classic. It was. I was like, what? I mean, someone I thought was going to get a card. I love watching those. Yeah. I think someone did get a card. Because you want someone to overreact, and then just a giant brawl to happen every time. But. Right, yeah, the player runs to get the ball, and the goalie's like holding him from running out. Yeah, it's that's amazing. always a classic moment in, in soccer, but... Um, I was rooting for Fulham. I think you were more rooting for Brentford. Yeah. yeah uh, a lot of people Brentford. were on the Brentford train, mm-hmm. um, but it just wasn't meant to be. And I think, hate to say it, a lot of it could be put on the goalie. I think that first mistake was just tragic. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a game that I think Fulham played really well in the first, and then Brentford played really well in the second, and then injury time was a t- – or no. extra time was a toss-up. And then, like you said, the goalie fucks it up. And, and that's that's now all. I got is, a, now I got a know? question for you. Of the three teams that are not promoted between Leeds, West Brom, and now Fulham, who do you think will have the most success right now? So say let's say their squads are going in right now. Leeds. Oh wow! Only because only because of their manager and um, and you know the system they have in place, and I think they have money to get it done now. That being said, I believe Norwich won last year, and they were the worst team. So don't get caught up on who wins the league right. and goes up. But I do think Fulham will be better than West Bromwich Albion. I, I don't know. It's one of those things because of Scott Parker, the manager. Uh, how about yourself? Who do you think's out of those two? Um, as of right now, I'll go, I'm going to agree with you. Mm-hmm. Managerial it's basis the manager. wise. Huh. Um, but I could also see West Brom doing good. Okay. Because of who the Slavin Bilic is their yeah. manager and former West Ham guy. He, has, forgot. he has plenty of Premier League experience, mm-hmm. um, along with a very successful campaign in the championship. So, you know, that'll be interesting. You know what I just thought of with the season kind of starting up really soon, um, and the first Premier League game at Elon Road in God knows how long, it's just gonna be a shame that there won't be fans for that. Yeah. That leads. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but hopefully by some point this season they'll get they'll get hopefully. their feints before they get sent back down. Uh, anyway, um, you know I will say this before Whoa, we move before on. they get sent back down. No, I'm saying <laughs> in case they do, oh, okay, maybe because yeah. you never know, yeah. right? Yeah, Norwich yeah. won the league last year, and look how awful. And they actually looked good at the beginning of last year, and we were like, oh, this might Poop, might be of more Pookie, fun because of Pookie. They might be more fun, and then they were ass. It's just you know it's going to be it's just going to be a wild, wild thirty days. Yeah. Because they're going to be teams that are just scrambling to just be ready for the season, to to finish these deals. I mean, teams take all summer for fucking signings. Now they're going to have thirty days or less. So yeah. this is going to be a lot of changes. Well, they'll have till October fifth. They'll have October fifth. Right, but you're going to have teams that are going to want to be ready for the the beginning of the season. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be it'll be a wild scramble. Before we move on, I want to give a mini eulogy to Brentford. I, I, you know, they kind of won my heart. I, I have ESPN Plus, so I watch a lot of matches, and they have some. Re- they were so creative. They always attacked. Ben Rama and Ali Watkins were so good all year. So 
I feel kind of bad for their fans because I, I think they might move on to other teams. We'll see. Uh, but based on that, if, if the whole team comes back next year, they, I mean, they, to me, are the clear favorites in the championship. But you have to see what happens there. So rough on Brentford. But, but, but even though I was rooting for them, I like to see Fulham up. Fulham's a team that I enjoy seeing. Craven Cottage is a heck of a ground, and you've been there. Yeah. So uh, Amazing area, too. So um, yeah. proper, proper old school ground. I liked it a lot. Like it was one of those things where you're walking around and the stadiums in front of you don't even know it. it. Just looks like a normal building. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if we watch it on TV, like they've got that little house-looking roof in the middle. Yeah, the yeah. It pop. looks. It just looks like a, you know, uh, townhouses or apartments. Yeah. You're just like, wait, that's the Craven Cottage. It's proper. So proper. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll and we'll have the episodes where we do the previews coming up. So. Look forward to that one and see what we have in store for A, a lot of people are excited, too, because they're saying this is the traditional Prem teams that are in it. Would for the you most agree part. with that? For the most part. Brighton's in there still, and so's Burnley. I would like both of those teams out of there. And, <laughs> and like I said, replace them with Sunderland and Blackburn for me. So, so is that a preview for you on who's relegated next year? <laughs> it's not a preview, because I don't think Burnley's going to get relegated. Okay. Burnley's really good. Yeah, for now. For now. With Daish. All right. Um... So with that said, let's go ahead and let's go to our interview for the week. By the way, um, yeah, yeah, sorry, Europa League started. I was that's yeah, I have that in the news. Oh, oh my bad. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't know that? Well, <laughs> mate, mate, Inter Milan played today. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, so did Manchester United. So we'll go to the interview with uh, wow. with Evan, and then we'll, on the other end of this, we'll cover some tidbits. We'll cover comments, uh, but let's turn it over to New York's very own Evan Wolf. All right, and on today's show, we have a first-time guest, top lad, MLS trash talk guy, uh, Everton fan, Evan Wolf. How's everything going, Evan? Uh, what have you been doing with the uh, pandemic down there? Uh, nothing really. I mean, we were the uh, we were pretty much the epicenter to start everything, so we got locked <laughs> down pretty quickly when everything started up. So we're doing okay now, but that was a that was a, a wild first few months. Well, we were yeah, pretty yeah. much the lead and everything. I was going to say, it's great to have you on. We had a bit of a snafu. You guys actually are dealing with the remnants of, of that uh, that storm, right? Yes. Um, we didn't get hit that bad, but uh, other places on my own, they're dealing with like, trees down and stuff like that. So I've been helping. Oh, wow. Okay. Up well, that best. All, hopefully things today. turn out okay there. Uh, you're part of a somewhat rare breed. We're going to jump right into it, which is respectable. You're an Everton fan. Uh, how did that come about? Um. I mean, obviously, you know, growing up with friends in high school, I mean, you play, you play like lunchtime FIFA or anything like that. And I never really had an allegiance. I would play with like anything that, that was good. I would play with, I would, I would honestly play with Liverpool because they had Mario Balotelli. And I loved how <laughs> absolute, I loved how absolutely insane Balotelli was. I would play with them all the time. And then as I was watching the World Cup in 2014, I got drawn to Tim Howard and how powerful he was in the back, in the back of the line, how vocal he was. And then, of course, the Belgium game happened. I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's crazy. What yeah. team did he play for? And he played for Everton. Mm-hmm. So I started looking more into that, more into that. And then um, about the first year of college is when I really started watching. And I've been, I've been fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, I've been pretty loyal to them ever since then. <laughs> I can respect that. It's been a little, a little bit of suffering here and there, but in the end, uh, maybe, maybe worth it. Right. I mean, it's going to be nice when they, you know, when something big, when they win a trophy, you know, hopefully. Soon. Yeah. That's why, that's, that's why I, li- I like, I like supporting the team. There's never, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> it's just, I never know what to expect when, when supporting them at any given moment. 
Yeah, well, and also, you know, future's looking a bit bright here. You guys hired uh, Ancelotti. So what are your expectations for him and Everton maybe in the coming season? I know it, it looked decent at times, and it ended, it sputtered a bit at the end, I guess maybe because they weren't really playing for anything. But what do you kind of expect for him and the, the team coming up this, this next season, which will start pretty soon, actually? Well, this upcoming season is going to be huge for the Everton squad because it's going to be the make or break season and keeping both I, for me personally, I think it's going to be the make or break season for keeping with Charleston mm-hmm. and Luke Dean, because those are the two mainstays in our team. And with Charleston, everyone knows whether it's a true report or not was getting bids from Barcelona and the, and you know, and yeah, yeah. 80 million. <laughs> and you know, that scared everyone supporting uh-huh. Everton because he is, he is our angel, our godsend. The only reason he didn't get relegated, <laughs> all that stuff. And Obviously, everyone in the league wants a, wants a strong left back, you know, a Leighton Baines type, and we happen to get that Leighton Baines type mm-hmm. with the guy who replaced Leighton Baines. So we're very lucky in that aspect as well. And now we have one of the greatest managers of all time, and it's like it's almost it's almost too good to be true because this squad is just not built for the success that Ancelotti deserves. Mm-hmm. And this upcoming transfer window is going to be it's going to be big with regards to getting a squad that, that fits the repertoire and fits the expectation of having a manager like that sitting on the touchline. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree that a lot of teams, a lot of people don't ever think about having to hold on to your main players. That's really a, a tough thing to do. And, and that's sometimes the most important thing. And you mentioned the transfer window coming up is important to kind of fill out the, the squad depth. Uh, what position do you kind of think is a, is the greatest need, or do you think that Everton will be looking to fill in this shortened summer? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's reactionary to say we need a goalkeeper. I still believe in the talented Jordan Pickford. I just think he had a tough go at it at the end of the season with it's just mistakes here and there that just otherwise would be covered up on other teams that are amplified because he is the number one goalkeeper for England and he has so much competition in that position for his country. Mm-hmm. But as for what actually needs help, we do need, I think we do need a rotation center back that helps shore up that back line because past Yeri Mina and, um, and Mason Holgate and Michael Keane, we had to start an 18 year old who thank God he did awesome <laughs> right. three weeks. We had to start an 18 year old that his previous experience was in the lower leagues of England. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that he is an actual God amongst men as an 18 year old <laughs> and was also the only reason we didn't lose five nil the last three weeks. Yeah. Um, so besides center backs, we do need an attack minded midfield there because that was also the reason that we just, it, it felt bogged down the last few games is that we have too many like-minded midfielders where mm-hmm. they want, they want to shore up that back line, but they don't want to push forward. And then Gilby Sigurdsson is an abomination to the world. <laughs> so we need, to, we, we need something to help out with that because I'm so tired of yeah. wa- watching him. <laughs> yeah, the guy's get, he's getting, then, getting a bit old. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then finally, I think I think we need an extra winger because I love Theo Walcott to death, but we need someone that can finish inside the final half as well as put in the crosses that a prime Theo Walcott could have. Yeah, I was I was gonna say as as a you know as an Arsenal fan, that's something that I I saw and noticed uh, both him and Awobi. It's just like they'll razzle and dazzle you here and there, but then they just they just don't have that finishing end product. And uh, you guys are maybe looking for someone else that might have that, like, you know, Richard, like you said, Richarlison, being able to keep him is, is going to be huge because he's, he's so in, much. Right. And in, <laughs> and in fairness to Awobi, I think he's taken a little too much slack from the supporters mm-hmm. because he, he quite frankly has been played out of position 
in almost mm-hmm. every single game that he's been in. When I still remember the Aston Villa game when he came on for that last thirty minutes when we right. lost. I think it was I think it was two 0 at Aston Villa early on in the season that he came mm-hmm. on and he completely changed the game. He hit the post. He was he was creative. He was positive. And then he never played in a position like that ever again because we, we needed him elsewhere. We needed him on the wings. We needed him playing a more defensive role. I think you put him in, in a role where he is, he is the creative player and you give him that confidence to go forward and not be constantly worrying about, do I have cover in the back? I think he'll, he'll start to shine next season. But it's Everton. Nothing ever goes to plan. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, no, that's true. That's uh, I was going to say a player like him, too, and, and even some of the other players, they need like a run of matches. And it seemed like there was a lot of you know rotation because you had so you guys had so many skilled players that could play the front three that, you know, trying to find the right combo kind of killed a lot of the early season stuff until you got you guys got in a bit of a role in like January, February. Um, I think if, if I recall yep. correctly, you guys were looking good for a while. So um, and I was worried yeah. that we had hired the wrong guy when we our, Arsenal got our Ted. I was like, man, Ancelotti, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, I think if, uh, I think if they shore up on the defense, because like like you said, I mean, uh, Moise Keane, I still believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> Richarlison. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Calvert, Calvert-Lewin, Bernard, um, all those guys are, are insane. It, it seems like and you got like, in my opinion, the best man, one of the best managers like ever. Mm-hmm. So if they just shore up the defensive line. Um, I don't think there's much of an excuse this upcoming season, like you said, and, and how crucial it is. And with, well, a, and with a manager like that, you need squad depth. And he had mm-hmm. he had choices this season, but he didn't have an abundance of choices. So he was constantly having to play guys and maybe roles that didn't quite fit them just mm-hmm. to try to grind out results like one nil, 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 two, one, just just getting as much out of the team as he possibly could before he could have a transfer window of his own. Yeah, right. And it's exciting times because I know there's that new stadium development that they're talking about, too. So mm-hmm. with Ancelotti coming in that that new stadium and I saw what it's what it's supposed to look like. And good God, that, that thing looks beautiful. So uh, <laughs> everything's going to be something that's to watch coming out from for. a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So um, and, and with that being said, uh, I know it's it's way too early, but based on what you've seen this season and 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 what you can see moving forward, who do you think is going to, um, what do you think the top four is going to look like next year? Do you think Arsenal has a chance to uh, creep in there? Oh, absolutely not. Can um, Everton fight for it maybe? I think for me, the top three is locked between Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man City. Yeah. And then fourth will be a fight between Manchester United, Arsenal. I think Wolves will drop off next season. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I do think I think the top four, without a doubt, would probably be Man U, Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool. I, mm-hmm. I those Man U is is I I saw them rising higher and higher by the end of the season as long as they carry that momentum in the next season and don't have their defensive issues that they had at the beginning of the season that nearly cost Ali his job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think they'll comfortably finish top four. Yeah, I was going to say it's tough to see anything outside of the current top four, at least as it stands before, you know, any signings happen. But how close do you think Everton can get to that bunch and, and possibly to a Europa League spot? I mean, I think that should be like a minimum kind of goal for them going into this season. See, the Premier, the Premier League's in this weird state right now where you have like the four or five, maybe, maybe six teams that are, that are mm-hmm. comfortably European contenders. And then it's, it's, at a point where Burnley can compete for that seventh spot, 
right. consistently over the last three seasons. So I do think Everton has that opportunity to sneak mm-hmm. into one of those Europa League qualifying spots. Right. But it's it's unrealistic to expect um, them to overachieve because they need the squad to back up the style of play that Ancelotti wants. And that's when you need a transfer window. And quite frankly, you need players that want to come to Everton because there is no prospect of European football for next season right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think that you, you draw the way you draw by the manager and who it is. And I, and I honestly actually have, uh, have high hopes for them, depending on how the recruiting will go. Yeah. And you know, I think uh, it should go well for them. So we'll, we'll shift gears for a second real quick mm-hmm. to MLS uh, you're, you're an NYCFC fan. If I, if I recall correctly, uh, tell us how that came about. Uh, well, like it was, it was, it was similar in, in Everton and where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, once you start watching the Premier League, you start watching these other leagues and you know, you, you turn on MLS and it's, and it's on. And mm-hmm. honestly, YouTube helped out a lot because I think one of the first videos I ever watched of MLS was, um, some, uh, it was, it was Portland, retaking a penalty three times against DC United. I'm like, Oh my <laughs> And I'm like, Oh my God, this league is electric. <laughs> like, what's the closest team? And it was Red Bulls. I'm like, all right, well, that doesn't that doesn't do a lot for me. I knew who Tim Cahill was. I knew Thierry Henry was on the team. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll watch, but I'm not really gonna support. And then they announced New York City FC. I'm like, and then it was all of our friends saying, Hey, we're gonna watch this team now. I'm like, okay, I'm with it. And then yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one out of that friend group that still actually watches because, you know, once the soccer block bites you with Everton and then you're like, okay, I'm going to watch this team now. And then I finally went to a game in person. I was there for the seven nil loss. And then I was there for the two nil win. Mm-hmm. And I was there for the three, two win when Via scored a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it, it, once you see, once I saw, started seeing more games live, I'm like, I got it. That's, that's the team. I got it. <laughs> well, and now, and now they're in, and now I feel the same pain with them that I do with Everton. I'm like, yep, that's why it fits. Got it. It works. Yeah. <laughs> when you know, you know, and also it kind of helps they play in uh they play the Yankee stadium, right? You're a big Yankee. Yes, it is. It is, it is, a, it is uh, a familiar, it is a familiar uh, commute. Yeah. I was going to say, do you ever feel conflicted because of their uh, Man City connections or, or how do you feel towards Man City, I guess, in, in the Premier League? Do you kind of somewhat like them over other teams because of the connection they have to your, your local club? I mean, it was, it was, it was more, it was more indifferent than anything. It's like, all right, it's Man City. I'll, I'll watch them. I'm not going to root against them. I'm not going to root for them. If they're playing an underdog team. I'll root for chaos. If they're rooting for a team that I don't particularly like, then I'll root for Man City. Mm-hmm. And if they're in Champions League and they're only they're the only English team left, I'll root for them. Then okay. it, it, it was more that, yeah, I guess they're our parent club, but I'm not really going to be like, hey, I'm a Man City fan now. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that, didn't, that didn't work for me. It was just like, okay, you know, we have a connection. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So, so I was going to say, uh, well, I guess you might've kind of hinted towards this is, is David Villa your favorite, uh, NYCFC player ever to this point, I guess so far, uh, actually, and- no, he was, no? Okay. he was, he was, he was one of the players that obviously, you know, you watch, uh-huh. but I think my two favorite players still to this day, obviously one is Jack Harrison. I still oh. love that man to death. Yeah. What a legend. Love yeah. that man to death. And I've, I, he is an absolute New York city FC legend. Welcome back at any time. I'll buy that <laughs> man a case of beer. <laughs> and and second, which will always be a favorite of mine, is Mick Discarude because oh, he was he was an insanely skilled midfielder that did not get the proper reception that he deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, he was, uh, 
I agree. He was a pretty solid player. And then do, would they would they also be up there for your favorite worldwide player? I mean, Balotelli will still always be my <laughs> my first favorite player. <laughs> just just because he he is a wild child, and I love players like that that are just so insanely talented that they feel they can do whatever they want, and they can <laughs> that they can, and they can do whatever they want at any time on the pitch. He's just he just. I love that he just rubs people the wrong way. And if you don't get it, then you just don't get it. And Balotelli is just one of those players where if you don't get his stick, then you're never going to appreciate the type of player that he is. <laughs> I was going to say, Arjun was a big Balotelli guy too. I was. Yeah. Until he kind of, <laughs> he was awful for Liverpool. So he rubbed me. Yeah, he was pretty bad. He was not, he was not very good for Liverpool. But up until that point. Yeah. I, I love Balotelli. I was all on the train. I agree with you. You know, I still, those are my types of players too. Like, for example, um, this is totally off topic, but in baseball, Yon Cespedes is kind of one of those guys, and he just decided not to, he just decided not to show up to the game yesterday. And like, if he not, plays, he's like one of the most electric players ever. But right, just like, I, I'm, I love I'm watching, good, I love watching him in the in the shit housery. Um, yeah. He's just one of those guys. So I I 100% see where you're coming from with that. <laughs> Yeah, those guys that create controversy, but when they play, they're just like, oh, it's a different level. It's like, like you have to watch. You have, yeah, you have exactly. To watch the level of the level of talent and the presence they have on the field because it, it just draws an energy to them that like the camera somehow always seems to follow them. <laughs> the spotlight, no matter what, is always on them. You never, you never know what's going to happen. Also, Jack Harrison, Bracken, the he's in the Premier League now. Yeah. Yes, he, that's why I've I've I'm so happy to follow to follow his his journey because it's like when you when you when you first look at the transfer and he just like, all right, we got, he got sold back to Man City and it's like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. They just wanted their player back. And then they sent him out on loan to Leeds for one season. It's like, oh, I didn't really need him. Can we have him back please? And then this season, yeah. <laughs> this season, you look at all the replies to the leads to the Leeds goals and like the lead results and everything. And they're like, Oh my God, this guy has the greatest touch we've ever seen in 30 years. I'm like, that's the player that played for us. That's what I remember. <laughs> yes. Yes. What a guy. Yeah. We, we saw him live too, actually when uh, NYCFC knocked, the fire out of the playoffs. What year was oh, it? Oh no, you're thinking we got knocked out by the Red Bulls, mate. <laughs> you might have seen. You might be talking about a regular season match. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Harris, Harrison. I I remember there was like there was like a a, a three game stretch where Harrison yeah. scored a curler in against Red Bulls, yeah. and then he scored the, a really insane curler against Mitt, Montreal Impact. And then he had I, I don't know what the third game was, but he had a big impact in that no, game we, too. He's and he had a really great relationship with Frank Lampard too. So that's something you can always brag about to his teammates. Like, yeah, Frank Lampard is my best friend. He was my teammate. What? Yeah, no, I agree. He he had a, yeah, I think he killed us. Arjen might be thinking of a regular no, season. Mate. He's, he's no, now mate. Arjen's now an LAFC fan. I so I don't sure. know. This is why because he has bad memory on these things. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but this speaking out. of which, uh, you know, speaking of the MLS is back tournament that just occurred. We, we kind of, you know, remember, as you said, this had been in the works. So you guys were actually still in when we were going to ask about it, but you had a decent tournament, got to the quarterfinals. You beat Jeff Paris's TFC before we get into what's, what's been going on since then. Any messages to Jeff Paris? <laughs> I mean, not, not anymore because we lost to Portland and we got <laughs> absolutely stomped. But like it was nice to beat Toronto for once because we got stomped by Toronto last season because Moderator decided to take someone's leg in half. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it was that was probably the best game I've seen out of them all season when they played Toronto and mm-hmm. Michael Bradley didn't know what field he was playing on. So I'm like, okay, maybe fi- maybe finally Bradley's not good enough for MLS. Right. But then they go and then they go against Portland and it's just like there's no consistency and that's been the story with NYCFC the last two or three seasons. It's just like. 
they can they can curb stop teams. They can absolutely hold eighty percent possession and and win three nil. Mm-hmm. And you can be the happiest fan in the world. And then when you go into these big tournaments and they just don't know what what the soccer ball looks like, it feels like. And you're right. like, guys, just be good. That's it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. And hopefully, you know, MLS will come back and we'll get to see them maybe continue their, their good form of play. But what was right. your thoughts overall on the tournament as a whole? Did you um, what did you think of MLS kind of bringing themselves back like that and then maybe transitioning to perhaps playing games at stadiums? I think that was I think that was the best part about it was the fact that they mm-hmm. had this so well organized and the players were all on the same page with the, with the, with the same message like, yeah, we're, we're going to do this. We need to follow these protocols. And, the, and I think the most important part, obviously, was the fact that they were able to not have any infections, I think, for like a string of like seven weeks now. They haven't had a, a positive case, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. All, all of these bubbles are working, which is the best part. As yeah. for when they go back to stadiums, they need to do something that's not the MLB. Right, yeah. And, and, and have a little bit tighter protocol than that. And I think that's when it'll work. But even then, New York City FC, they're not even going to be playing at Yankee Stadium. So... Right. I, I, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't want any repeats of the COVID Cardinals here. So no. uh, that's, what I, that's what I call the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Um, one more. We're going to delve into one more sport before we get into our Mount Rushmore. NHL's back. You're an Islanders guy, right? Yes. So and now they're up. Uh, so, when, you know, before we're going to do the interview, I don't think the NHL had started yet. They're up 2-1 in their series. They're looking pretty good for the most part. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Islanders and how far they can get? Islanders are another weird team in that, you know, they have like this one, one or two guys that are, that are obviously, uh, that are obvious studs. And then they have all these role players. And then same thing with Everton in that they have this, this incredible coach where, you know, the expectations are brought with him and you want to follow the expectations of a guy that has won a Stanley cup, has gotten his team to the, to the final of a conference, the final of the Stanley cup. Uh-huh. But the, there's always that nervous in the back of your head where you're just like, are they really going to blow this? Are they really going to blow this? There's no way they're going to hold this lead. I wish, right. I hope they hope this hold this lead, but it's, it's the fun part about being, being an honest fan is that it's, it's the fan base is very, very central in that, you know, where the Islanders fans are going to be. There's really no expansion out of, out of long Island where Islanders fans are going to be unless they travel, which no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but as, as yeah. but as for um, what I expect, I think I expect them to at least get into, you know, the playoffs proper out of this qualifying round. And mm-hmm. then after that, you know, however far they go, however far they go. Right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I can kind of relate with that because I'm a, I'm a White Sox fan. So um, I, I usually, you know, you don't usually run across uh, many Sox fans outside of, uh, of Chicago. So it's always uh, whenever I see like a team like the Islanders, it's uh, I always tend to root for them. And this is like today, I know they played Florida and unfortunately lost, but um, I know I'm rooting for them. Got a lot of good young players, though. Yeah. I really like Barzal. Yeah. Top guy. Our, 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 recru- our recruiting and our drafting has been insane, but uh-huh. it's, always, it's always, you know, the Islanders seem to be the feeder club. They always go off to bigger and better places. And it's like, well, that was fun while we had them. Now what? Yeah, right. <laughs> now we want, it, we, want it, we want to change into a team where we can actually hold on to the stars and, and, and build build a culture instead of always being the team that loses the stars. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's true. Uh, before we go to this Mount Rushmore, how bad would you like a shot at the Leafs? <laughs> I, I don't even know what that team is. 
<laughs> All right, I'll stop that right team, now. That, team, that, that, team, we, that team's invisible to me. Yeah, they don't <laughs> exist. I was going to say, it's a, it'll be a fun playoffs to see what, what goes on. And, um, yeah, we, uh, I, I do like the Islanders out east. I mean, I, I mean, it's a team that I root for as well. So, hopefully, uh, best of luck to your to your Islanders in the uh, in the playoffs. And uh, see what happens with them. Uh, that said, let's do this, uh, this Mount Rushmore. So, a lot of people's favorite parts. Uh, so, today we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of TV shows. Uh, could be past or present. Whatever, Netflix, Hulu, whatever platform, um, and we do a snake draft. So you're pretty familiar with how the uh, the Mount Rushmore works, uh, Evan. Yeah. Okay. So um, we'll go ahead and we let you pick if you want to be the first, second, or third pick. Again, reminder, it's a snake. So if you get third, you're going to get you know the fourth pick. So what? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to pick? Uh, I'll throw it on first because then it'll give me more time to think about my second. <laughs> All right. So you'll get first. And then I think I'm pretty sure I beat me in the other one again. I don't know. Yeah. So what you pick, do you want to be second or third? I'll right? go second. Second. So I'll get the three and four picks. All yeah. right. Evan, you're, uh, you're up. Who, what is your all time favorite TV show? Uh, as of right now, it's gotta be Rick and Morty. Okay. Ooh. Rick and Morty. Yep. Good shout. Rick and Morty. A lot of people, big fan of that show. Yeah. I got a friend that has a tattoo of, of Rick and Morty. So, do you have a tattoo of Rick and Morty, Evan? <laughs> no, I do not have a tattoo of Rick and Morty. I would, I would, I would. I don't think I'd ever go that far, but okay, that was okay. definitely that was definitely one of the more quotable shows I've ever watched. I, I, I will always love that show. Yeah, no, for sure, it's it's coming on strong these days. So, uh, Arine, Rick and Morty's off the board for you. Who you I, got? I got to hit it with the classic. Okay, um, The Office. Oh, I mean, that, on my it's, list. it's a classic, bro. Okay, um, okay, yep. Can always always got it on repeat in the background. You know, if you're bored. Did Just you throw on the office on Netflix? Did you like the UK version? Uh, yeah, but not as much as the American. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's well, huh. I got the next two picks, huh? You really threw, you guys have thrown a wrench in my plans. Cause now I got to go down my list here. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to recency bias, but honestly, a show that just has kept me on, that kept me on edge during the quarantine. I got to give Ozark a shout. Oh, so yeah. I'm going with Ozark as my uh, first pick. And with my second pick, uh, going back in the snake, I'm going to go with something that is along those lines was, uh, I believe it was on Fox back in the day, but I watched it was on Netflix. You actually recommended me to watch this, uh, big pr- prison break guy. So I'm going to go oh, prison nice. break as my nice. second choice. That show was, uh, I'm telling you, I'd always be like, ah, just one more episode. And then I'd watch the end. I'd be like, shit, I got to watch the next episode. <laughs> be a lot of sleepless nights. So I got prison break and Ozark. Arine, you're up, uh, coming off that office pick. Who you got Ooh, I gotta go with the class. I gotta stick with the. Uh, I gotta go with the Comedy Central here. Uh, legendary South Park. Oh, okay, <laughs> South Park. Yeah, I, that show. Holy shit, Still I love gets it. Gets away with Push, pushes the edge, and I love that kind of humor. So that's that's all. Yep. Me. I love South Park. <laughs> That'll be my second pick. All right, Evan, we're up, we're on to you for two picks. All right, so my first pick will always I will always be able to watch clips of this on YouTube. Hell's Kitchen. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. Gordon Ramsay is toppest of lads. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the shit that he'd say to people. Has he gotten soft before you get to your next pick, Evan, has he gotten softer? Um I wouldn't say he's gotten softer, but he's definitely marketed himself a little bit better from okay. just yelling at adults because he's he's run like kitchen <laughs> he's run He's run kids master chef where he's like really nice to the kids and he's giving right. them really, really good advice. And he's, he's not yelling at them because they're not professionals. So he doesn't need uh-huh. to yell at them. But then you go to the shows where people pretend to be professionals and he's like, you're clearly not. Why are you here? Get out of, get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, because he, uh, most recently on, I saw this on Twitter. He, 
he commentated some lady making fish and chips. Yeah, and putting it in the microwave. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I was laughing. I'm like, man, I was I was still, I was waiting for him to drop the hammer on her. But I felt like he uh, he just kind of he, he was still pretty funny. But mm-hmm. like, drop it. OK. All right. On your next pick, who you got after uh, Hell's Kitchen? Um, one of, one of the more recent shows, but obviously it got a lot of press because they weren't really actors, but like they were very good at what they did. It was Dave. They, they ran through, oh. they ran through, they ran through FX and Hulu. Oh, and I, I binged that show. I've never, I've never been more excited to see the next episode of a show in a, in a very long time. But Dave was something that obviously I, 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 I found uh-huh. out about Dave through, through little Dickie. Yep. Through, through like, yep. you know, his music. You like his music? I love his music. I love, <laughs> I love the risks he takes. I love the, the, the talent that he, that he holds. First song I ever I ever listened to was when he did the song Snoop Dogg. I'm like, who is this? And, <laughs> and then and then you watch the show, and it's just like, all right, same person, but there's there's so many elements of like of like mental mental health, so many elements of like taking care of yourself, so many elements of just being yourself, and it's just a really 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 well thought out show that that deserved the success it got. Yeah, I agree, and they just approved the next season too. So I'm mean, approved next season. That. Awesome. I, I've heard, I, I was going to say, I heard, I got to see that then. Cause I've seen his, his music videos and I've seen, uh, he had, he had one where he like reminisces about uh, like nineties stuff too. I was big on that. Yes. Music video. Which one was that one? What song was that again? I, I forget what, what it was great though. He had like the Tamagotchi. He had like the Bulls jersey. It was epic. It was yeah, great. Uh, okay. So uh, yeah, very good pick there with Dave. I got to watch that one. Cause I've heard a lot of great things. Arine, you're up for one pick. Um, I thought Evan might pick this cause he's from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. But um, I gotta go with Tony, Paulie, and the boys, and okay. I go with the Sopranos. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the Sopranos. Yeah, that's a that's one that I I couldn't pick it because I've only seen a few episodes. I hadn't seen the whole thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, Evan, what was, what's your take on the Sopranos? Have you seen it? Honestly, I haven't seen it. It was always something that my my you know your parents and your, their parent and your friends' parents they were always watching when you were growing up. It was on HBO. <laughs> right. And sit in front of and we watch it like every week. And obviously people are like, oh, The Sopranos is so good. And you hear about the ending, of course. I, I've obviously seen the ending. Right. But, you know, I, I, it's one of those shows where you want to watch it, but you never, like, actually sit down to watch it. And now I'll probably end up watching it next week or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I recommend know. it. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, I was going to say, it's at the point where if you watch it, you'd be like, oh, the production's a bit older. But it's, uh, I'd seen a couple episodes. i got to watch yeah, exactly. the gold. Yeah. So, all right. So I got two picks now and I got a decent amount to choose from. So I'm going to try to spread out the wealth here. I got Prison Break and Ozark already. So I'm going to go with, uh, huh. My next pick will be, okay. So I'm going to pick one that might not be popular amongst the people, but if you remember, you remember I'm picking Chappelle's show. It was on Comedy Central. Uh, it was going, (laughs) I had all the DVDs of it. Um, what a great show that was. I mean, I don't think you can get away with that kind of stuff now, but no, no way. (laughs) (laughs) That stuff was electric. And for my last pick, there are just so many, so many good shows. And I'm going to mix a little more comedy into it because I already got the drama covered. So I'm going to go with, uh, there's so many ones that I want to put. I'll go Parks and Rec. I was a big Parks and Rec guy. Um, and there are a few references in there that I like. So I'm going to pick that one over a few other good comedies I had. So um, those are my four. Irene, you're up before Evan rounds it out. So who do you have? I'm stuck between two, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so I'll go with another classic. Okay. Um, but I want to say my honorable mention ones. We'll say honorable then. mentions at the end. Don't worry. Uh, I'm gonna go with Seinfeld. Yep, I had I was four. between that and <laughs> Parks and Rec. Yep. Yeah, it's a classic show. It, like, there's not one bad episode of that. So, there and go. there's so many to watch. So, yeah, yeah. I'll go with Seinfeld. All right, Evan, you uh, rounded out with your uh, last pick, or what we have been calling Mister Irrelevant in the last few drafts, right? <laughs> um, I was caught between two, but I'll stick. I'll stick with you guys are doing with like the comedy. Ending, so I was, I'm going to take Family Guy. That's what I... Oh, there you go. I was waiting for that to go. I was like, hmm, it's still there. I was thinking about both of the ones you guys picked at the end. I'm sure we all have some some uh, honorable mentions. I'll, I'll just... I have a long list, so I'll just mention my honorable mentions on here. Um, for more like... Uh, uh, I had House of Cards in 24 is my more... Like some dramatic ones that I had up there. Uh, some funny ones. I had Big Bang Theory, Arrested Development, How I Met Your Mother, Modern Family, and Always Sunny. Was were on oh, Always Sunny is a good one. Yeah. Good one. So, well, who, yeah. Who was your honor? Dude, one? I had SpongeBob. What? Bro, everyone. Oh my SpongeBob god, that slipped now. my mind. That's crazy. Oh, that's oh my god, that slipped my mind. <laughs> I don't know how that slipped my mind. Every, when I grew up there. Every day you come back from school, when I did, I watched SpongeBob because that's the first thing that was on. That's a classic. And parents too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was a classic. And then um, kind of like a good Netflix series, Peaky Blinders. Okay. That's I a good show. I thought you would pick that. Uh-huh. Um, and Spartacus. Okay. So those, those are my honorable mentions. I but I really wanted to pick SpongeBob, but I had to go with Seinfeld. To cater to the people. Yeah, probably no, the, I'm not. You're catering to the picks. I'm not. Right now, I'd rather watch Seinfeld than SpongeBob, so I went with that. Okay. Um, I think a couple uh, that inspired me, a couple of my honorable mentions. One was Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom, oh, sorry. Okay. Danny uh-huh, Phantom yep. was, was one I always loved growing up. Uh, Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yep. That was a great one. Classic. Uh, iCarly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. iCarly with Coconut Head. Shout out. Yeah. And, um, and Bar Rescue is just another one I can Yes, oh. I love that show. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I Bar love Rescue, that show. Bar Rescue is a good show. Oh, uh, Tapper. Oh, my God. What a guy. He's been on a few other podcasts that I listen to too. He's he's hilarious. Yeah, he is. He's a character and a beyond genius at what he does. Yeah. Oh man, that is good shit. That is. Oh man, that was underrated. All right. So an awesome one. So I'll re- recap our picks. Um, Evan had Rick and Morty, Hell's Kitchen, Dave, Family Guy. Arian had The Office, South Park, The Sopranos, and Seinfeld. And I had Prison Break, Ozark, Chappelle Show, and Parks and Rec. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan, it's been a, it's been a great talk. Um, any, you know, because obviously our, our trash talk friends and people usually will see this posted. Any messages to them? Any questions? Any last uh, comments on your end? No, it's just Everton deserves everything that they get in that group because <laughs> they 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 are they are they are my love, but they are also they are also the ones that hurt me. So, <laughs> but and we love that you're we love that we are able to get an Everton fan on here. So hopefully during the season you won't mind through the good or bad coming on maybe again and discussing at some point not, in the season? Not at all. Awesome. So look Thank forward you to so having, much having me on. Fun. And will Aaron Judge win the MVP this year? He already won it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So we might, yeah, we might even mix in a little baseball by that point when the season yeah. will be probably Both Chicago playoffs. teams are on Fuego right now too. So, so. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll catch you again, probably a little into the, uh, the season and we'll talk, uh, Everton and, and yeah, maybe baseball playoffs. We'll see what's going on. So, uh, best of luck to, uh, your teams and, uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Evan. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Evan. All right. Thank you for having me on. All right. An awesome interview with, uh, Evan Wolf. Top lad. It's uh, great having him on. Nice having Everton representation as we said. Oh yeah. So 
we, we've had a lot of other teams, and it was, it was good. So hopefully we'll have them on again soon. Um, let's go ahead now into the tidbits, the musings. You know, I'm still blown because for some reason, I don't know why I thought we saw NYCFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, no, mate, they, they beat Red, but Red Bulls beat us. You're, why do I remember seeing Jack Harrison? You, we've seen him because you – we saw them in yeah. a match. In a I know 100%. It wasn't a playoff match. Though. It wasn't? No. The huh. Fire have only been in like one playoff match in like the last million seasons. Yeah, and I and thought that was I, NYCFC. I actually ended up going to that game by myself and it was cold. <laughs> I was with you, bro. It was the 4 nothing that they lost. Yeah. Oh, we went? Georgie died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. We went. You're right. Okay. That was, yeah, that was Red Bull, mate. Yeah. Okay. I just remember being cold and I was like, oh, what a terrible match this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, New York City, we've seen all, we saw Jack Harrison live, I believe that season or the year before, uh, whatever it was. He was only here two seasons, right? I think so. Yeah. So we did, we've seen him live, but that one wasn't the playoff match. Also, Chicago needs to get Dairy Queens. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So Arkansas Blizzard's Blizzard commercial. Okay. So let's go ahead and head into the little tidbits here. This, This one's a big one. It was tweeted from our account, but just in case you missed it somehow, Eddie Howe leaving Bournemouth after relegation. Um, so from just a little clip here from Sky Sports, after the Cherries relegation of the championship, Howe said ending his 25-year association with the club was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Although the affection and love I have for this football club will always remain, we collectively feel that now is the right time for the club to go in a new direction. He said in an open letter to the club's supporters, Bournemouth will always be in my heart, but I firmly believe that now is the right time for the club to have a change. Callum Wilson at one point added, you've helped me achieve my dreams and I'm proud to have played a part in an amazing journey. So really, just a sad, sad state of affairs. But do you think it was the right time for Eddie Howe and Bournemouth to split? I think this is bad for Bournemouth. I don't know who they're going to attract. Mm-hmm. But I think Eddie Howe's making, I don't know if he, it was his decision or what, but I think this is this is overall good in his career. I think this will allow him to move to a bigger better team Mm -hmm. hopefully he can stay in the premier league but um you know i you can only you can only stay with the team for so long i know i know he loves them and you want to fall in love with the whole romantic side of of the game but he outgrew bournemouth i think Mm -hmm. um as weird as that sounds even though they just got relegated but i think everyone still values him as a really good manager leader of of not just youth but uh, of senior leadership too so um, I'd be interested to see what teams are, are in for him. What do you think? I mean, it was just what is such an amazing time he had with them. He's, I think he's been their manager for upward of like eight years. He's only 42. All right. Um, but he brought them, if you get a chance to check out the special, almost from administration, they yeah. were like way down there. Mm-hmm. But I think, like you said, yeah, big things for Eddie Howe in that he can get a better job out of this. And I think Bournemouth really loses from this. Uh, I'm not sure whose decision it was, but you would think – that Eddie Howe maybe sees, you know, brighter roads ahead, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth, yeah, they could be in trouble. They're, uh, do you want me to say who the odds are at their next manager? Sure. The leader is Jason Tindall. Do you know this lad? The name's familiar. I don't know him. Gary Monk is the second leader who was former Swansea boss. Yeah. John Terry listed as third favorite. And Chris Hewton, uh, fourth favorite. Scott Parker, fifth. I doubt Scott Parker's. Now, I think that was before Fulham got yeah. promoted. Um let me just ask you this. John Terry, what, what do you think of that potential? Um, would that help ease the pain for Bournemouth if well, they got him or him, Monk, or Hugh? Who would you go for if you're Bournemouth out of those three? I would try for Terry, uh-huh. but just because I think he'd also attract players. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't think that's the best job for Terry. I think Terry should maybe wait for a, a big Premier League opportunity as far as like, you know, Frank Lampard, I know he was young, but he took the Chelsea job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know he, well, who he was at Villa before that. Yeah, uh, Terry? No, 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 no. Lampard? Lamps. Derby. No, Derby, Derby. Derby County, yeah. I know he was at Derby before, but I don't think Derby really did anything for him. Okay. I think if you're Terry, you just, I think you should just go into a premier. He's been an assistant at Villa well, for gave, long it enough. Gave, it gave him some... Like managerial right, experience. He, Terry's well, an assistant. Right, but Lampard was never an assistant. Terry's been an assistant for like three years now. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he can now be the in, manager in both the championship. In both the championship and Premier League. I think he should just jump into the Premier League. Because then you dodge all the bullshit. But who from the Premier League is going to hire him right now? Take their chance. You know, if things start going south for, for Spurs and Tottenham. Really? John Terry, mate. At Tottenham? Yeah. That is bananas. Yeah, dude. Wait, what? Or or how about West Ham? Oh, how about West, West Ham? Ham? I can see. I can see West Ham. Tottenham, man. I don't know if Tottenham are like look, any rival any clubs would go London, for John they're, Terry, they're, Look, and really any team. Any team. You start going south, John Terry should be a, a, a guy to fucking interview. Yeah. I just, if not I, Potch. Potch should be number one. Right. I don't know what he's – I mean, I will, I'll mention him actually later. But it's something tells Potch. me he's going to take a foreign job. Okay. Because, um, you know, he's like one of those – Guys, it's a good guy, Tottenham White, whatever the fuck you call it. But <laughs> what? wait, what did you just <laughs> say? If I die, what? I die Tottenham White. I don't know what's their color. I white, died right? Tottenham right? White, blue. What do you mean he died them white? No, <laughs> like he, die? like he, like you know, he lives and dies Tottenham. Apparently, oh, oh, okay. so that's stupid. Um, is it because his son plays for their team? I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is, I think. Um, oh wow, McDonald's. Bingo, bingo. Arena has gotten distracted again. Okay, so let's go to that. You see what I'm saying though, right? We've discussed how – okay, so let's ask the people. Where can they first uh, tweet at us? At the footy corner too. So let us know if you're John Terry, do you take the Bournemouth position or do you wait for another thing to open up? You're currently the Villa assistant manager. So who do you think – you know, what do you think you should do? Let's go with that. And also um, you mentioned Pochettino. Yeah. I have him in here in tidbits. So let's, let's talk about him right now. Pochettino says he's open to managing any of Europe's top five leagues as he prepares his return. The 48-year-old Argentine remains without a club after being sacked by Tottenham last November. Um, and he's given some sort of a, an interview to one of the Spanish newspapers. And he reportedly turned down jobs at Benfica and Monaco in recent months. And he's looking for a team that fits his philosophy of the game. Uh, he's looking for a club that will demand trophies. That's why he left Tottenham. Um, he said, it is to find a club, president, or people who go hand-in-hand hand with the ideas we have that we believe can bring clo- me closer to success. When that offers, That's we'll all say yes. So what is the job then? What do you think the job is for You them? know, whatever happened to that Monaco takeover? Are they not rich anymore? I don't know. I mean, they, they are. They just stink. I mean, that'd be an He said no to Monaco. That'd be an interesting project. But if you don't want to take that, Benfica wins the fucking Liga said, Nos yeah. every year. But no that's to- not a top five league. Yeah. So where do you so, think Poch ends up? I think he ends up in Spain. I, I don't know which team, but he's going to end up in a Spain. A team that matches his philosophy. A young team. Exciting. Bayern Munich. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dortmund. <laughs> no, who's their manager? Who? Bayern Munich? I'm not sure. No, no, no. Dortmund. Um, why am I blanking right now? Who's the Dortmund manager? 
Lucien Favre manages Borussia Dortmund. Lucien Favre, yeah, that lad, maybe he'll stay there. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think, I think Bayern Munich could, would be Poch. City. Could he go to Barcelona, mate? Could he go to Barcelona? No, he can't because he managed Espanol. He's remember, he's one of those guys. He's a cult hero, so he could never manage Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, I know. he wrote an interview. He can't yeah, manage. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know what he's looking for, mate. I mean, the thing is, he's been out of a job since November. It's coming up on a year. About PSG and the fact that Unai Emery, well, maybe got a job before Poch is wild. Well, Poch has gotten offers though. I'm pretty sure Unai Emery would have pounced that Benfica. <laughs> Unai Emery now. would have pounced it inner Miami FC, mate. For real. But <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely interesting. I think any team that's looking for a manager. I mean, not, not like Bournemouth's going to get Poch, but, <laughs> you know, if you're a top club Poch, then then I say, honestly, if you're in England, give John Terry a go. Okay. You would go. you agree with that or no? Who would you put above John Terry? Uh, well, aside from Poch, you said? Uh, with managers that are Steven out Gerard? there. Well, he's, yeah, he's managed, right? He's managed Rangers. So, see, he's actually managed. That's the thing. Between him and yeah. uh, Terry, it's like, huh? what? What do you go with? I'm declining this call. All right, let's talk a little bit about transfers then. It's interesting manager talk. Everyone let us know your thoughts. Do you have any final manager talk thoughts? Let's nope. talk here about some transfers. Some little stuff that's occurred. Uh, Man City already on top of it here. They've uh, they've already spent 81 million pounds, mate. And we're, we're not even like a week in here. 40 million on Ferran Torres, who's supposed to be Leroy Sané's Mind replacement. Mind this is during a COVID offseason, so... <laughs> He's coming in from Valencia, so forty million and then forty-one million on Nathan Ake, who I thought that was a good piece of business from them. Um, what are your thoughts on City's signings, Ferran uh, Torres and Nathan Ake? I was shocked that Ake wasn't snagged by Arsenal mm-hmm. or Chelsea, Chelsea didn't activate the buyback uh, clause. Because mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm correct, that's one of uh, Chelsea's needs, right? Yeah, is uh, a center back, and Ake could you know be a fix or even just bring him back for depth because. I think his buyback would be would be cheaper than forty one. Right. You know, I don't know, um, but I think that's good business by City. Now, look, if you asked me like a year or two ago, I would have been like, Ake is going to be a stud, but he hasn't really in the past year or two hasn't really made significant improvements in his game. In my honest opinion, I'm not saying this because okay. he went to City. I think he's a good defender. Do I think he'll? He'll have a big impact on a team, on a big club now. Really? You know what I mean? No. On a team like them that I think can use him with Laporte, I don't know, I think is a good signing. Because Eric Garcia probably thinks he's in the year 2018 after that hit that he suffered. That's mate. true. Who knows? With I mean, he's a young guy coming up. I think, it's a, I think that, it's a great they have, signing. They don't have many guys. Great signing, but I think what City needs is not uh, – because you can't replicate what Vincent Company did, mm-hmm. but someone that can command the back. From the back, right? You know what I mean. And I don't think Ake is that guy. I don't. I don't think Laporte is that guy. Don't right. get me wrong. I think Laporte's good, but he's not that guy. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. I, I think it's a good signing. Yeah. We'll see what happens with the pairings. Um, it see that guy you talk about though is so hard to come across. But your man, but it's that, so no. Hard. The reason why I'm having that standard for City is because they have the money, right? right? They're in Champions League. They have a a, a big manager. You're a perfect candidate to get this guy, right? I mean, it's all a matter of who's available too. Are there any available guys right now? Um, you know, that's the thing. I think for what's available, you're looking really. just to improve. Good, interesting signing. Brighton have signed your boy Lalana, 
and yeah. Joel Veltman. So I'm a little shocked by Brighton's moves yeah. so far in the transfer window. Um, for you, was this a team you were looking at possibly being relegated next season? And has this maybe changed your outlook on Brighton? Yeah, it'll be interesting how Lallana does with, with con- consistent playing time. I know he has injury problems, so mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he, st- he stays healthy. Um, I think Veltman was a great grab because I know big clubs were looking at him. It was an interesting decision by him to join. Yes. Um, but with these times and, and money being spar- sparse in clubs, I think if you could – I think the way he looked at it was this is my move to the Premier League, so take it while it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's good business. Uh, they're only improving in their needs, so that's that's a big upgrade for them. What do you it's think? A, it's a good start. I think, yeah, definitely a good start for Brighton. I think they had to make a lot of buys this year. They're on the right track. We'll have to see what else they do. They haven't sold me yet. I know I hate Neil Mape, but he's been pretty good up front for them. I think they need a little work there in the middle of their in, – in the midfield. I'll see what they can do there before I put Who's them goalie? getting out of the uh, relegation zone. Matt Ryan. Not Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Matt Ryan, Fal- but Australian goalkeeper Matt Ryan. Oh, okay. Who is it? So, I mean, I think they're finding the goalkeeping – We'll see what happens there with Brighton. Let's talk now about some rumors, a couple rumors going on. Not not the big ones because I know there are a lot of big ITK rumors. I just want to know your outlook here. It looks like Palace is looking for a striker. Uh, maybe they weren't too happy with Benteke, how he did. It's been said they're looking at Danny Welbeck oh, and wow. Ollie Watkins. Uh, Your boy. Brentford, yeah. So these are the latest rumors coming out of there. Uh, an, another quick talk about strikers, and then I'll see what your thoughts are on either of these if you have any. Tottenham has been offered the chance to sign Troy Deeney. Uh, so it's possible that Troy Deeney goes to Spurs and backs up Kane potentially uh, because they sent out their young upcoming striker, Troy Parrott. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's been sent to Millwall on loan. So there's talk they're going to bring in Deeney. Mourinho apparently not against it. So any thoughts on Palace's potential signings? And or Troy Deeney to Tottenham. I do think Palace needs to get a striker. Um, they need to figure out that situation with Zaha so that mm-hmm. if he does want to go, you need to get that money as soon as possible so you can reinvest it because Palace is a, as of right now, a borderline team in, in relegation. And I think they've resigned him. They think he's going to leave. And I think his price is even down to $30 million right now, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think because of that, they're looking at this position. So... Do you think those are good alternate, you know, alternates for? I mean, obviously That's they're not tough. as good as he is, but um, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, okay. But as far as the Troy Deeney thing, I think that'd just be a major. I don't, I don't like that move for Tottenham. For Troy Deeney, that'd be revolutionary. But um, Joy, yeah, Jose Mourinho apparently wants it. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? He wants it. Yeah, it's cover for Kane, like Kane's backup. And I mean, do you think Troy Deeney would be willing to do that at this point in his career? I think Troydini will be more than willing to do that at this point in his career. At this point, <laughs> I'm shocked he's not, you know, I don't know. Man. What do you think? That's, that's wild. It, it is. But you know what? It kind of makes sense. Like someone like a Troydini might might be happy with like, okay, I've done my thing at Watford. And I want to see like maybe I'm not a main part of a team, but be just cover. Or, or who knows? Kane's With Kane's injury history, I'll, he'll play and he'll have a part in a team that, I don't think we'll win any trophies, but at least it's closer to winning them than Watford was. I mean, you're you're pretty much seeing how it is in a big club in the Premier League. Yeah, and I think that's his. I mean, he's not going to get another chance. So, like you said, yeah, he might as well jump jump all over it, right? I mean, that's a that's just a shocking move by by Spurs. I mean, <laughs> look, as an Arsenal fan, would you be happy if if uh, if they were like we're going to bring in Troy Deeney for yeah. backup? 
It, it makes me happy because I didn't like him in the first place. And I think if he goes there, it'll just put the icing on the cake. On but what if he wanted game. to go to Arsenal? What if Arsenal was interested? Would uh, you want him? Uh, no. See, that's what, <laughs> no. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather like, play, is that really a good signing? I'd rather play kids over him. Like with Tottenham, I mean, I know they want Troy Parrott to go out and play, but surely they have another guy that's like I mean, fringe. I mean, the money that you're spending on Troy Deeney, wouldn't you rather invest that maybe like go to a scout and be like, yo, is there a, like a, a striker in Poland we could like look at? You know what I mean? You'd think. You'd think. That's a little younger that maybe he could be something. I mean, we know what Troy Deeney is. He's only right. on the decline. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's a massive ogre. So that's that's my take on it. But if, if they do it, that's huge for Troy Deeney and, and really wild. Yeah. Well, uh, one more bit of transfer news. I know there are some other big ones, but I'm going to wait till they materialize. So, so we, we'll talk. We'll have a lot more transfer stuff to talk about next week. Big news, though. Your boy, Barcelona legend now. He scored one goal this season for them. Who do you think I'm talking about? My boy. He scored one goal for them. He was an emergency signing. Oh, Martin, Martin Braithwaite. Did you hear about this? That he's in negotiations uh, to sign with West Ham, potentially. West Ham's looking at Martin Braithwaite. Um and Everton are also linked to Martin Brathwaite. These are just links. Uh, I just want to bring up because I thought it would be funny. Any chance do you think Brathwaite goes be- to these teams? And how funny is it if someone's like, yeah, we signed someone from Barcelona. Yeah. It's Martin Brathwaite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> that is awful. You know, this, that's, that's wild. Um, why didn't they even get Martin Brathwaite? There has to be a story behind this. Like, he, only scored, know. he only scored one goal for that's, them. That's, to this day, that's the one transfer that just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> if you guys have a transfer that never made sense to you, <laughs> let us know. Let us know. Um, but that is baffling. But, uh, you know, he, he's played in England before, so I could definitely see it. And right. there's, obviously, there's no room for him at Barcelona. I don't know what he's <laughs> doing there. So I don't know why they did that whole thing. Yeah. All right, let's move on to – so we, we'll talk more about transfers. It would be exciting though, yeah. wouldn't it? it? It would be different. I'd be very interested to see how he gets on and what Barcelona saw in him in trying to get someone like him, right? So we'll see there. Let's move on a little bit to the ownership stuff, okay? Uh, before we get to the big news, I thought we'd lighten the mood with a, a bit of a joke here. Um, I don't know if you read that article that WWE CEO Vince McMahon is reportedly interested in buying Sunderland. <laughs> Did you wow. hear about this, no. mate? Um you know, it's very important to get this in early and say that it's highly unlikely, but it's, you know, someone did mention it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it was kind of one of those joke things. Like, what was it Floyd Mayweather that we had uh, said he might buy Newcastle or something yeah. like that? So I thought that'd be a bit of fun. You banter. Know, I, I think um, Vince McMahon. I think if, they, if they're in the championship, they're a good team to invest in. Uh-huh. Do you agree with that? Yeah, because they're a Premier League club, so I mean their value would only go up. Well, it might be a good time now since they're in League One. You might say, yeah, but see, you got to be part of that whole process a lot. Yeah. Well, so speaking of process, though, this is the bigger news, and let's kind of talk. We can talk about this a little bit. The Sheik takeover that we were so excited and interested about. It's been a while that it's fallen through, but it was after, like, right after our last episode recorded. That's fallen through. Uh, So Newcastle are stuck with Mike Ashley for the time being after Saudi Arabia backed out of the takeover. Um, the three hundred million dollar or pound bid has been walked away from by the Saudi Public Investment Fund. The takeover attempt had been uh, dogged by criticism of Saudi Arabia's human rights record and its links to piracy. So basically, that's not going to happen. But people are saying that Newcastle still could be saved from Mike Ashley and that a um, an American entrepreneur, Henry Maurice, 
could be the man to save Newcastle from Mike Ashley. Uh, a, how upset do you th- would you be as a Newcastle fan that this didn't happen? And B, would you welcome this American owner over Mike Ashley? As a, as a Newcastle fan, I'd be raging. Okay. Because if we could finally be good, I would mm-hmm. not be happy with the American. Not because he's, you know, because if I want my team to get taken over, it better be by a fucking rich guy. Right. Like a rich, rich guy. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind this guy's rich, right? right? Yeah, but he's not chic rich. But he's not chic rich. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the way the sport's moving is, is man, if you don't have oil, I mean, it's going to be tough to competing in the Premier League. Right. I mean, I mean, Liverpool literally, because of the Red Sox and the pandemic, they can't even make any signings. They yeah. don't have that oil money. They don't have that, you know. I mean, you could say that they're lucky with what the, with the team they got right now because they can't make any. They're struggling to sign Thiago for like twenty five million. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's ridiculous. So um, that's why if I'm Newcastle, with just, I'm just saying, just by the way the sport's moving and when how the climate is, like it's almost like if you really want to be a Champions League team. It's almost like you gotta you gotta have that type of owner. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, it's well, it's getting to that stage. I still think you could be a Champions League team without it, but I don't think you could win a title. Almost. Well, you guys did though. So, I mean, it, right. So again, I think you have that. The chances go down. I think. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, if you are not already one of these top teams, as as we talked in the interview with Evan, you know, he mentioned this top five actually, really, and maybe six. Do you want to mention you know, Tottenham? But once you get outside these teams, you can't really get into it full-time. We've talked about Wolves bouncing in, Leicester bouncing in. You know, Burnley has a good season here there. But unless you have a Sheik, you're not going to hop into that little category, you know, for long periods of time. You might linger. But, um, yeah, so speaking – you know, that's a big hit, I think. We'll see how Newcastle gets on. I mean, they just have to make some smart moves. They really ended the season well. So they had momentum. Uh, We'll see how this carries over. I don't know if you knew this. This is champions with, you know, breeding champions, so to speak. So, you know, the, the um, well, the Niners didn't win the title, but they won the NFC last year. They're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Did you know they had a stake in Leeds United? They no. own part of Leeds United. The NFL side, the San Francisco 49ers, are hoping to increase their stake in Leeds United following their promotion to the Premier League. Uh, as you know, the Whites ended 16 years of pain to win the championship and secure a return to the top flight. According to the New York Times, the 49ers want to buy a larger share of the club after purchasing 10% back in 2018. So um, what are your thoughts on, on that? Did you know the Niners even own no. 10% of Leeds? Wow. And no. um, do you have confidence in them being able to help them if they do, or do you think it's just one of those things that doesn't matter too much? Uh, I don't think it matters too much. Okay. So I just thought I'd bring that up because it was very wow, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that about the 49ers, and now we know. All right. Let me bring up something else here now. We've talked about this before. There was the subs debate, five subs. Next season, Premier League is going to allow five substitutions. Right. We had that long, drawn-out talk on the pod about it. Um, different managers or different pundits have said in the past, this favors the bigger teams because they're deeper, right? So a smaller team maybe is doing well. Well, the deeper club says, I'll bring these five, you know, these three or four players off the bench. Yeah. Well, if the smaller team goes to their three, four, they're not nearly as good as the rest of their team. You've mm-hmm. seen City's bench can beat half the teams in the Premier. Right. Uh, you know, as can you know maybe Liverpool's or Arsenal's or City's or I mean United's or Chelsea's. These things. Um, but I read something interesting somewhere that some of the managers, including Bielsa, upcoming Leeds manager, mm-hmm. um, 
and Ralph Hassenhudel of Southampton do not mind the five subs. And they said they like it because they're types of teams that press. And they think that, if you notice, they said that their teams in, in some matches will fade because they get tired. You know, a team that presses has to have a lot of fitness. Right. And so they're thinking that those teams, by having fresh guys that could come in and press, that it would help them as those well. Those are the more exciting teams to watch. I watch one. Uh, Liverpool is definitely – that helps Liverpool a lot. Yeah. So um, what are your thoughts on even some of the smaller clubs agreeing that, hey, you know what? The five subs actually help us because even though we might not have skilled players coming in, when we go to press, we can really cause a lot of trouble. That's true. I, I never thought of it like that. But, yeah, that's that's very true actually. I mean, if you're a team that presses, you'll often find gas players by the 65th, 70th minute mm-hmm. and um, bring those guys in. And um, Yeah, at that point, maybe quality doesn't matter as much as uh, strategy and game plan. Yeah, so. and Bielsa was known to make a sub every almost every game at halftime. Ralph Hussenhold will never use his five subs of Southampton. But, again, so, so my question to you is, now, has your stance changed on five substitutes? Uh, or are you no. still against it? I'm still against it. Okay. Would you be against adding one in extra time? Still against it? Yes. Okay. Still interested to hear the listeners' thoughts. I don't think we got a lot of input on that last time. So we'll see what happens there. All right. So with that said, let's go to, uh, well, a little quick fact. Sheffield Wednesday has been deducted 12 points. I saw this. They uh, So I guess they sold... Or they had some sales from Hillsborough, and they didn't include it, or they did include it in their uh, budgetary report in money they got. But apparently, they weren't allowed to do that, and then quickly hit with twelve point, you know, minus twelve points. Again, I understand if some team does something wrong, you slap them with it. But does it feel a little interesting to you that this happened to them, like that, and some other teams did things and did not get in big trouble? Yeah, that's just what it is, man. Is that what I mean, you're thinking in terms of like – because that pretty much – when you're 12 points in the hole, you're screwed pretty much. You're not going to get promoted. They're right. kind of in trouble. Yeah. So do you agree with this punishment and or – I don't know. I would only agree with it if it's like fairly done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with the punishment, but, you know, it's not done to other teams. So, Right. It is what it is. Okay. So with the Premier League being done, I got a lot of little fun, cool tidbits. I ran into this and thought – Let's share some of these things. Uh, Burnley's 14-point improvement was the biggest of the Premier League last season. Oh. Uh, now, here's the fun part. You, teenagers were scoring a lot of goals this year. Yeah. This season, the Premier League had 25 goals scored by teenagers uh, with 12 different scores, meaning it was kind of spread out. There were only 19 in the previous two seasons combined. Wow. The first teenager to score this year. Take a guess on who it was. I don't think you'll get it. It's wild. Uh, it's, who is it? It's Matty Longstaff uh, against Manchester United wow. in October. If you, you remember his winning uh, goal. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth did not face a single shot on target in their 0-0 draw against Tottenham in July, the first time they have failed to do so in their five seasons in the Premier League. They had faced 10 in their previous game against United, so that was kind of a fun fact. Uh, youngest players to score two or more goals in, in a European match, Mason Greenwood broke that this year. He beat out Rashford and Ben Rooney, barely. Uh, so that was kind of a fun fact. And now, who do you think had the most goals if you take penalties out of it? We know Jamie Vardy won the Golden Boot. But he did not have the most goals if you take penalties out. Whoever it was, he had 21 this season. 
Can I look at the top Yeah, scores? you can go look at the top scores. Um, but to give you an idea, Jamie Vardy finished fourth if you took penalties out. So three oh, wow. guys that finished below him in the Golden Boot race, um, if you take penalties out of it, would have been higher than him. I thought that was crazy. Cause How many like, goals did they have scored? Uh, 21. So bombing? Nope. Danny Ings. <laughs> it was Danny Ings. Aubameyang would have had 20, so he was second. Raheem Sterling, 20. And then it was Jamie Vardy with 19. So oh, wow. he scored, what, four penalties, does that mean? Mm-hmm. Fun fact on defenders. Jeff Paris will like this one. Who do you think led the league in minutes per goal conceded as a center back? Minutes per meaning that when they're on, it took X amount of minutes for them to give up a goal. Hmm. Jeff Paris would like it, as I said. So Laporte? Yeah, it was Amaric Laporte. Every 220 minutes when he was on, a goal was scored. That's... Uh, Van Dyke is sixth on this list at 103 minutes. Actually, he was uh, over. He was passed over by his own teammate. Joe wow. Gomez is third at 124. Boley of Wolves is second. Your boy. Uh, Egan of Sheffield United is fourth, and O'Connell of Sheffield United is fifth. So good showing from those guys. But those guys were all like 131, 124. Amaric Laporte, 220 minutes. I thought that was. I, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, that seems um, like a wild. I don't know. Like, if you told me that, I've been like, that's false. But right. Uh, fun fact about Chelsea: we talked a lot about how they were young and exciting. Twenty-seven of their goals this season were scored by players aged twenty-two or under. In the previous four seasons, only two point two five goals a season were scored by that age range. So again, a lot of fun facts that I thought I'd share. Um, cool things there. Uh, as we finish up, I'm going to finish up with some funny things here. Did you hear about Kareem Benzema? What did What did he say? So a lot of people actually picked him in – remember that list of uh, bank robbers or whatever? Was it yeah. Brian that picked him? Yeah. Apparently Kareem Benzema wants to become a boxer. <laughs> He's been inspired by Mike Tyson. Um, it, says, it says that Real Madrid star Kareem Benzema teases boxing move when football career ends due to his admiration for Mike Tyson. Uh, wow. In, in, in an interview, uh, Benzema said, I get a thrill out of combat sports and I love to train. Once my football career is over, why don't I train with you for six months? He said to a uh, YouTube kickboxer, Fuad Esbiri. I think I'm ready for a fight. There's no problem as far as I'm concerned. I swear to God, I'm up for it. So Kareem Benzema as a boxer, how do you think he'd do? I think he'd be very well. Yeah? You think so? Winning record. Boxing? Yeah. I thought he said kickboxing. Well, he interviewed a kickboxing guy, but he wants to do just boxing first because of Mike Tyson. I don't know. I feel like he'd be a good kickboxer because obviously you got that strong leg, right? I, I think so. Yeah, you know, you, you he probably would have a better record at kickboxing, but yeah, who knows? I think he'd be good though. I think he seems like the type of guy that would be good at fighting. Yeah, I mean, he's a roadman. Yeah. So Kareem Benzema, boxer. We'll see. And finally, before we get to the Champions League and Europa League overview here, uh, Ross County. Have you heard of Ross? You know yeah, Ross County, yeah. right? Well, this week. Just actually a few days ago, Ross County, the Scottish Premiership side, have signed their fifth player called Ross. So <laughs> Ross County has three goalkeepers with the name of Ross. Three goalies? Yeah, they signed Ross Duhan on loan from Celtic this week. This means that all three of their keepers are now called Ross. <laughs> the Scottish Premiership Club already had two players with the same name battling for the number one spot, Ross Laidlaw and Ross Monroe. So this takes the tally for the whole squad up to five when you add in midfielder Ross Draper and striker Ross Stewart. Wow. 
So I thought that was a really fun fact that Ross County has five Rosses on the team. Is there another team that you've seen that's had so many players with the same first name? No. That's wild. The only reason I wanted to bring this up is you're going to laugh at me. And I think I may have mentioned this on the pod before, that when I first was an Arsenal fan, I thought that Arsene Wenger's name had something to do with the club name. So, again, (laughs) club name and person name going into it, thought that was pretty good. (laughs) So, as we go into it, you were pretty shocked, as you said, Europa League and Champions League got going today. They're back. Is it broadcasted? Yeah, so it's on CBC or CBC. CBS All Access, there's like a streaming thing, but I think some of the games are on CBS Sports Network. So I don't know if you get that, people, if you get it, um, or you could try to look for illegal streams. The Europa League actually kicked off today with Copenhagen advancing over Besiktas 3 nothing, Shakhtar Donetsk advancing over Wolfsburg 3 nothing, Inter advancing over Katafe 2 nothing, and United was already carrying a 5 nothing lead. They beat Lask 2 to 1 today. Um, so all four of those teams have now advanced to the next stage. When it gets to the later stages, we'll we'll kind of discuss more because I mean United pretty much up front today. They had Igalo, uh, Juan Mata, and Maddie James. Like that was oh, their, wow. their front. They didn't really try as they're playing Lask. Um, tomorrow's matches, in case you're interested in watching Europa League, Bayer Leverkusen takes on Rangers. Um, that's at Leverkusen Stadium. They're already up 3-1, so they have the advantage. Oh, uh, Basel and Eintracht Frankfurt, um, they're playing in Switzerland, and Basel's already winning 3-0, so I think they're through. Sevilla and Roma, since they didn't play their first leg, that's a one-off. Whoever wins advances, so check that one out. And finally, my phone froze, so I don't <laughs> know what the other match is. I'll tell you in a second. But are you looking forward to any of these, yeah. these matches? Yeah. Or are you even looking forward to Europa, or are you going to look at Champions League? Those games are Friday and Saturday, by the way, Champions League. Um, I'm excited for both. Um, Europa always has those great matchups. Like I said, Inter's in it, United's in it. Like, there's still some really good teams in it. Something about Liverpool not being in Champions League kind of throws me off of it. Okay. Now you know how I felt. (laughs) It's one one of those random things where I don't want to watch it if my team's not in it right now. Okay. So, um, I'm actually interested in Europa. A lot right now. Wolves um, Olympiacos is the other match, by the way. Wolves. And I'm I'm just gonna. Oh yeah. And I'm also interested. Well, when Bayern Munich advances, I'll be rooting for them. So I'll be watching Bayern. Okay. Champions League, but probably just their games. And the Champions League, I believe, is down to what their quarterfinals. What's City? So, what's City and Real? City and Real Madrid. I think City's winning, if I recall, two one. And this game will be at the to head. That game was at the. They won at the Bernabeu. So oh, okay. Juventus play Lyon on Friday. Um, the first leg, Lyon actually won 1-0. So yep. Juventus in a kind of a must win. And if we go over to um, the Saturday fixtures, um, you'll see that uh, Barcelona and Napoli, and oh, then wow. Bayern Munich and Chelsea, like we said. Um, that one, now we can find out what the score was, right? It was 3 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea's in trouble, mate. Bayern Munich's an absolute wagon in Champions League this year. Yeah, and this then, was the year that they beat Spurs like seven to nothing, right? And is it mirror? Was the draw already determined on who would play who? Yeah, it was. Okay, I forget. What so those guys are all actually advancing to see who plays in the quarters. The teams that are already in the quarterfinals: Leipzig and Atletico Madrid, and Atalanta and Paris Saint Germain. I mean, those are waiting. Those are some. Inter- those are not interesting teams. Yeah. Well, they're at the top of the bracket, and these other teams will be at the bottom. So it's going to be a lot of, yeah. you know, uh, and I'm pretty sure the next round starts like. Right after. So next week we'll update you, probably talk a little more about these matches. 
still the early stages, not too much going on. Okay. Yeah. So with that said, do you have anything else for the with the musings? That was long, but I think a lot of cool things going on. We go to the comments here pretty soon. So anything else on your end? No. Okay. Big stuff here in our in our comments section um, or, or mentions, I guess, on on Twitter. First, let's talk about the Henderson Jarrard debate that the people have talked. And we have Brian saying uh, regarding Henderson v. Jarrard being the better captain. I haven't been watching EPL long enough to fully appreciate what Jarrard did. But what I remember him for as a captain is the we don't let the slip moment. Hendo doesn't have that. So he went with Henderson, I guess. Uh, interesting there. Uh, what, what were your – so you, you had your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, later on, Steve, I actually agree with Arine on the Hendo being a better leader than Stevie G. As an example, I think you'd both agree with who would you rather have as your captain during the Hawks dynasty, Kane or Taze? To me, Kane was the better player but didn't have the focus. Uh, Nikhil, I do not agree 100% with this. I think they both have a very different approach to being captains. Jarred literally carried the team, motivated by example. Hendo's more about discipline and hard work. With Klopp, Gerard could have won the Premier League. And then you said, you know, Gerard better player, uh, but captaining and making sure the team keeps shape and commanding. Hendo is unreal. So um, you could see both sides. Do you think they were both good arguments, I suppose, from everyone, I guess? Uh, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's no doubt Gerard carried that team because they mm-hmm. were inferior for so many years, except minus like one year when they had like Chavi Alonso, Mascherano, Fernando Torres, Gerard, uh, all the Pepe Reina, all those guys. But I think there's a big difference between just me personally speaking, being a really good player and being a really good leader. You know what I mean? Like right. Antonio Brown is a hell of a player, but he's not a leader. Like, that's just what I'm saying. When I'm saying Hendo's a better captain, I just mean as far as, like, captaining duties, right? he's a perfect captain in my right. eyes. Right, and, 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 and I you think, made that, cl- you know, clear, I think, yeah. that, that and, that's and what you think. I think Jared had a lot of big moments and clutch opportunities, and, and I think he was a good leader. But I think he was so close to the club that he's someone that let his emotions get to him a lot of times, and that interfered with being, you know, a brilliant captain if that makes sense not a brilliant but you know what i mean if that makes sense so sometimes he made some rash decisions or messed up um i don't know i don't know how i don't think his impact on the rest of the team was as much as jordan henderson i just think there's a lot of recency but recency bias there does istanbul comeback occur with jordan henderson as the captain here's the thing yes you think so? There is no comeback because Steven Jarrard was meant to mark Kaká and the first two goals were, were from Kaká. Steven Jarrard was actually moved from defensive to attacking mid that game. Okay. Because he was not he was not controlling Kaká well enough. You could, take, you could thank Xabi Alonso for that cover role. Right. So there's a lot said about that Istanbul comeback. So, I mean, they might not have to come back with Jordan Henderson there. So you're just saying they don't even get in that position. But if they had to come back. Look, I'm saying there is a comeback with Jar, but is there a comeback needed if Henderson is there? Okay. No. And uh, going back to Steve, he mentioned, um, as an example, he mentions this uh, Hawks dynasty Kane and Taves. He's calling, you know, Kane a better player, kind of like Gerard. Henderson like a Taves. But to me, I mean, Henderson is, is uh, not Taves, in my opinion. I, I think he is. I don't think his quality is as good as Taves, though. Taves isn't the best quality recently. He's pretty good. He's one. Of, he's one of the top two or three players on the team. 
Is Henderson mm, the top two or I don't three know player if he's on the top, team? He's definitely not top two. Taves is not top well, two. Well, top two or three. Three. I wouldn't put him at top three either. Kane DeBrinket and... Um, and who? Kubalik. Over Taves. Uh, mate, I don't know. <laughs> Which one's... Who's Taves better than? Kubalik. It's tough between him and Kubalik's a rookie, mate. But Kubalik's way better than Taves. Well, yeah, but when you talk about going in the corner, winning the battles, doing this... I mean, Kubalik scores a lot of goals. You're talking about better player, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put Kubalik over Taves. But in a board battle Today, in the corner... Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, well, I mean, that's not... I mean, they... Interesting. Yeah, it's know. interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll all agree to disagree. <laughs> I think it was a good debate, though. Everyone had good points. I'm, I'm obviously with Nikhil on this one, and you're with uh, Brian and Steve. So... We'll have a little handicap match one day. Uh, so, um, well, I mean, I'm not saying Gerard. I'm saying Gerard was a brilliant captain. No, leader. I know. I just think we got Henderson, it. Yeah, okay. we got it. We got okay. it. Okay, I just want to make sure because Gerard's still my all-time favorite player. Just to make that you know facts. Fair enough. I want to know what Jeff Paris's take is. He's kind of the he hasn't I, chimed in. I want to know what Jeff Paris thinks. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> what? No, say it. I mean, he doesn't really know what a real captain is. Who's oh. City's captain? Ooh. All right. Uh, I mean, I will say that based on the fact that he thinks Foden will be England's future captain, maybe. But, but Jeff, <laughs> see what you can tell. I, I want to hear no, from actually you, Jeff. Actually, they have company. So. I want to hear from Jeff. Let's see what you say. Uh, Brian says, didn't Arine forget that he was even in Fantasy League earlier this year? Fantasy hashtag Fantasy Corner, which you said, yes, sir. So <laughs> we've acknowledged that you maybe got a little lucky. No. I okay. <laughs> That's good drafting, mate. That's not luck. So Steve uh, saw the posting of Nonce of the Week that – remember when Jesse Lingard uh, got that late goal and some lad lost his bet at the last second? Oh, that yeah. he could have won 660 extra pounds. Steve goes, I swear this is me while gambling. And this happened to you yesterday. Yeah. Explain to the people what happened to you yesterday. I did a live bet mm-hmm. on um, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. They were coming back on Phoenix. They came back. They completed the comeback and Devin Booker made a, a fadeaway one-handed shot. To uh, win the game for Phoenix, so that's rough. Lost that that's a rough loss. Uh, Brian, this is why West Ham can't give up on Mark Noble so easily. Second, that stat was so flawed. Second best player of the last twenty years behind only Lewandowski. What's the stat you ask? It is uh, penalty kicks. He is apparently second on percentages uh, behind Lewandowski at ninety point five percent ahead of Rivaldo, Ronaldo, Mario Balotelli. Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Aiden Hazard. That's a wild stat. <laughs> it was. It's so perfect, though. You know what's funny? I came across uh, an episode. I, you know, I was just re-listening sometimes here and there to us just to see what material we have. Uh, did you know we recently debated? It was like maybe a month, two months ago. If Leighton Baines or Mark Noble would retire first, <laughs> and Leighton wow. Baines recently retired. Mark Noble's still playing, right? Yeah. And you said you could see Mark Noble playing while you have a child. So that's yeah. still on track to occur. It can, yeah. So, yeah, that was a crazy thing. I thought I'd rebring that up with this comment that was mentioned. It was uh, really funny. Wow. <laughs> so just a heads up there. Um, let's go to um, – let's go – oh, I guess I forgot to mention when uh, Steve replied to Nikhil. He did say he did have a – Asterisk saying that with Klopp and a few other better teammates, imagine pairing Gerard with this back line. Huh. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, Jeff did post something, a video of the Jeff Foden, or that's Jeff Foden, uh, the Phil Foden song. Have you seen it? Yeah. They have one for every big player now. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Pretty annoying song? Yeah. What do you think about their new kits? 
I like them. Okay. I think I like the, the dark ones. So we'll do a little kit talk here. I think I'm I think assuming these are their away kits, right? I don't. I, I think I still think Arsenal's are are better, but mm-hmm. I think I put theirs at second. I think City. I think their away kit's the best one. That's an away kit. Yeah, yeah. So I think Man City's away kit. I haven't kit. seen their home kit, but their away kit is like super nice. It, it's blue with a similar kind of like mm-hmm. cracking outline. So I'll agree, we'll agree really with you, nice Jeff. Jersey. Yeah, this is buy the away kit if you're you know. I suggest you do. Puma's that. been coming out with some heat. Yeah, Puma solid there. I, I will say, yeah, the Arsenal home kit it's is nice. You didn't like the Liverpool home. No, I'm not. Thinking. You don't like the teal. No. The only thing with Puma is it's just like really like oddly fitting. You know what I mean? That's the only bad thing with Puma. Steve did say, man, it's fine. I don't hate it. So I think for that to occur between these rivals, uh, them personally, then I think, you know, hey, that was a, a good jersey release. Yeah. Are there any others that were that you were looking at? I mean, we'll mention one later in the nonce category because that's um, bananas. Yeah. But, um, um, we'll wait on that one. I think he, a lot of teams still have to release theirs, right? Yeah. So that's something to look out for. So I'll be, I'll be, it'll be interesting seeing Leeds, Leeds jerseys. Yeah. Uh, well, they had the white. They'll definitely wear the white on white at home. Yeah. I wonder what they're. But like you know, they may lettering. have some like for example, Cities has some cool design in the back. You never yeah. know what you know design they're gonna have. That, that'll be nice. I, I, I'm very looking forward to the white with the gold lettering. I mean, if, if Liverpool had a jersey, if, if I was a City fan, I'd 100 percent get that jersey. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I'm probably gonna get the Arsenal one. Uh, you posted something, uh, James Madison, Jack Grealish, and Deli Ali party in sun-soaked Ibiza yep. uh, recently. You know what's really funny about this? We did a game with these earlier in the year. I don't know if you remember. Uh, it was the exact same three. Madison, Grealish, Ali. Start, bench, release. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and now they're partying together. Yep. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they listen to the pod, mate? Oh, maybe. You know who got, you know who got omitted from the, um, from the squad there, though? Who? Think of someone. Who would you think would be there with them? Grealish, Madison. Oh, uh, Declan Rice. No. No. Mason Mount? Nope. Ah, oh, shit. I don't know, mate. With the whole, like, with their style and stuff what, like that. Mason uh, Greenwood? Jaden Sancho? Nope. Todd Cantwell. Oh, you think... Can't that? you see Cantwell with those guys? Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Cantwell's looking for his next move. He can't be partying right now, lad. He's trying to well, get out I'm of Norwich. I'm pretty sure those guys are, are all making moves, too, except Tell for... Tell not. James but, Madison's not. He signed a contract, lad. Oh, shit. Grealish. And Jack Grealish is probably going to get offered the, a house. Like, I mean, loads of money from Aston Villa to stay. We'll see, though. We'll talk about him next week on potential transfers. You know, United's looking at him. Uh, Steve shared an interesting stat that uh, I think, I don't know how many years it's been, but with that purchase of uh, Ake, that Manchester City have spent £361 million on defenders while Liverpool have spent £335 million on all players since 2017. What are your thoughts on City outspending every team in the Premier League on just defenders while, you know, versus other teams' entire rosters? That's, I think, I don't, you know, I think that goes to show that maybe Pep isn't, you know, the greatest IMO, so. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he's over it. It's clear from our manager poll, people may agree with you because they didn't like my Pep, my pick of Pep Guardiola. Uh, Devin just posted this today. Looks like the score wants to fight. The score has a footy, footy podcast. Yeah. They talked about the Champions League return, predictions for every match, and don't sleep on Europa League. What are your thoughts on them versus us? They're tin pot, dude. I agree. Mate, I, I invite them to the pod. We bring the fire. You know, okay, so this is going to sound bad, and, and I know you've mentioned it before. Yeah. But I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts. I think that, so I'll say The Guardian is pretty good. But outside of them... I mean, I'm not going to lie. These, the other people don't bring character. 
you know, and and some enthusiasm and just random different news. Like right. They're pretty boring. Or they're surprisingly too their sound quality, even though we're just talking to a computer, is pretty poor compared to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how that happens. Um, by the way, I I didn't tell you either. Well, tell the people. Uh, I'm actually looking into getting a microphone for uh, recording my lectures because on my computer it does not sound this good. Oh, so we okay. will maybe test this versus a microphone. Although I, I think it's pretty clear on this. You know, every time I listen to my car, I'm like, not bad. Yeah, it's good. So, all right. With that said, let's go to our results from last week's polls and everything. Let's first do player of the week because we, you know, even though it's last match week, who was the player of the week? The vote was for Mason Mount, 57%. 15% said Shea Adams, and 14% each for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, now, let's talk a little bit here about the uh, another interesting poll that was brought up. is Who's your Premier League Player of the Year? 63% went with Jordan Henderson. 25% said Kevin De Bruyne. And 12% said Other. And, you know, it was asked for people to comment on Other, but no one did. They just put Other and didn't comment. The only comment was Jeff Paris says, why are people so nice to Henderson? Do they, <laughs> see this. do they feel sorry for them? Is this like a participation award to make him feel better about his deficiencies? He's barely average Premier League player. To even mention him in the same sentence as KDB belittles the beautiful game. What are your thoughts? <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I'll admit, I th- I, I'm not saying this again to upset. I voted Kevin De Bruyne. I think maybe Jeff and I were the only ones that did. Yeah, I think you guys were. Whoever voted other, if you're listening, let us know who your guy was. I'm very curious as to who someone else, who they like. Who would you think it would be? For other? Yeah. Is there another player up here that uh, would win it? Yeah, who won the Golden Boot? Jamie Vardy? Vardy could be there. Aubameyang, Ings? Any of Pulisic? those guys. Yeah. He's not a Golden Boot candidate, but he came on strong. Any of those guys, yeah. Okay. Very interested to hear whoever's thoughts. Those yeah, were. Uh, Virgil. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought he was more apt to winning it last year than this year, though. I mean, he was really I agree, but year. I mean, like, we're just mentioning candidates. True. Candidates. I mean. So, uh, we went over the Mount Rushmore, obviously, in our segment with Evan. So, mm-hmm. please vote on that. TV shows. I will say, we have the results from the managers, and again, Arim has won. <laughs> I don't know, I, by a landslide. <laughs> um, Arim had 75% of the votes. <laughs> What? Yeah. And he had uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, Ancelotti, Klopp, and Zidane. I had 17% with Cruyff, Guardiola, Wenger, and Shankly. And our guest, Pat, only had 8%. Uh, Mourinho, Pearson, Saki, and Sir Pavi Robson. So, hopefully, either Evan or myself can uh, take over. You know, it's funny, too, because Steve mentioned, he was the only one that commented, saying Cruyff and Wenger completely changed the game in their time's easiest pick yet. So, obviously, thank you, Steve, for that. But it seems like not many others agreed. So, um, we'll see if anyone can dethrone our <laughs> this week. Uh, oh, so, man. So, please, do, you know, if you get a chance, vote. Just as a reminder, if you don't remember from earlier, um, Arine's picks ended up being The Office, South Park, The Sopranos, and Seinfeld. Evan had Rick and Morty, Hell's Kitchen, Dave, and Family Guy. And I had Prison Break, Ozark. Chappelle Show and Parks and Rec. So uh, the Mount, Mount Rushmore has been pretty fun. And also make sure to put yours down. I mean, with shows, it was very diverse. So I thought that was a great yeah. one. What were your thoughts on, on that in general? Um, yeah, I got the ones that I wanted to. Yeah. Actually, I'd say those were my top four choices. So uh-huh. I was surprised that I was able to do it, but I did. 
I'd say that this is one of the first times that I actually, for the most part, I mean, The Office was first on my list too. Yeah. So just like the time you took Portillo's when I had it first, I think yeah. you're going to win this one. But I'm hoping at least to not be uh, 58% behind you this time. So that's pretty bad. Um, now let's go to everyone's favorite segment, Nance of the Well. First, let's announce the Nance of the Week winner last okay. week. Um, last week, the Nance of the Week winner was the Miami Marlins. 40% went with the Miami Marlins. 30% said Arene, so you dodged a bullet, mate. 20% picked the 15-year-old from Hartlepool for his racism. And <laughs> Wait, I had more votes than the racist? You did? <laughs> the Miami Marlins who brought COVID to Major League Baseball won. I know. I know you win- just didn't know I know someone. I'm winning polls, but I'm, I almost won the wrong poll there. Hey, and Jesse Lingard got 10% for shrewding some lad's bet. <laughs> but yeah, you beat a racist, mate. That's bananas. Yeah. So let's go to this week's. Nonce of the week. You are a nonce, fella. You're a nonce, mate. And we've got four interesting candidates. It's really tough in a week where not much goes down. Let's talk a about COVID. it. It's tough to find a, a nonce COVID time. It is because you're trying yeah. to like be sensitive to what's going on with people. And well, and people aren't out and about with their you know nonsery. That's true. There's less nonsery a going lot on. Less nonsery. But with that said, the sports are back, and all these guys are in their bubbles. You know, that's true. Well. Oh, we forgot to mention Lou Williams. Oh, he's an honorable mention. I thought he was there last week, no? No. Honorable mention to Lou Williams for picking. How would it be not? This I don't is, know. It's, it's been over a week. Yeah, it was we fucked last... up. We didn't put it. Oh, wow. People, know, people that know, know, right? Explain the Lou Williams thing real quick. Brief. So, NBA, NBA has a bubble. You're supposed to stay mm-hmm. in it. Lou Williams broke that bubble. He, he left and went to a strip club to, quote unquote, just get their wings. Um, came back. It was found out what he did, and he got he had to miss a couple of games for it because he had to quarantine again. So, yep. So um, the f- the first candidate this week is uh, MP Craig Whittaker. He's the Tory. He's a Tory. Uh, I think MP was, was what magistrate uh, parliament parliament some shit. something. I don't know. Craig Whittaker claims that Muslims and the Bame community is not taking the pandemic seriously. So what's BAME again? So I'll mention that in a second, but he said that what I've seen in my constituency is we have areas of my community that are not taking the pandemic seriously. He's attributed the spike to coronavirus cases in his constituency to the BAME community. He says it's all their fault. Now you might say, what is BAME? People in England know what it is. It stands for Black, Asian, and Minority Ethnic. It's an acronym that I think they should get rid of. I think it's awful. But this man is literally just blaming these people. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's bananas. What are Wild. your thoughts? Uh, yeah. That's I mean, monster-y. You, like what? Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's one of the potential nonsense of the week. The other one is Spall. Spall fans. Now, yeah, that's a soccer team. That's a soccer team in Italy. We know um, we know Spall from betting against them all the yeah. time because they're really <laughs> shitty. They're a bad team. But the re- they were relegated this year. A uh, relegated Serie A side Spall, Serie A, find a severed pig's head outside the training ground after a fan Wild. protest. Um, a severed pig's head was found outside the home of recently relegated Serie A outfit Spall by furious fans. The Italian club have announced a group of ultras are understood to be responsible for the grim act after the club's three-year association with Italy's top flight has come to an end. So if your team was relegated, would you leave a severed pig's head outside of their stadium? Yes. <laughs> you would? Yes. Mate! Yes. You're no better than the Spall fans then. Mate, Spall fans are ultras. All right, so we got the Spall fans. Have you seen Chelsea's third kit from Nike, mate? 
Uh, if that's real, yeah. Yeah. So Chelsea's third kit was released. I think it's real. We'll be. No- I'll be a nonce if it's not. Okay. But Steve brought it to our attention too, so I'll take joint nonsery with Steve on this if it's not real. If you haven't seen it, it's like it's it's blue and red stripes. Honestly, they look like Crystal Palace light. It does, yeah. Um, but I mean, if Chelsea, if that's Chelsea's third jersey, it's the worst third jersey. It's yeah. maybe the worst jersey I've ever seen in my life. On top of it, there's that stupid three in the front. So. Nike's on the on the clock right now for that. Nike with some shocking jerseys to say the least. Yeah, they've done. Except they have nice. Barcelona's. Barcelona's is nice. Yeah. So and then finally, the St. Louis Cardinals, who I've called the COVID Cardinals, they've done basically what the Marlins have done. Uh, reports from John Heyman and Jerry Harrison Jr. say that St. Louis Cardinals took an ill-advised trip to a casino before their outbreak. Although you know they haven't completely proven it, but a lot of people are mentioning that. Uh, yeah. They, they, they went to a casino um, and then jokingly were like, what, golfing or messing around after the fact rather than quarantining. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And, and will baseball be finished? I mean, you know, uh, are, as, as fans of Chicago teams, they're doing well. Or if anyone well, else is a fan of a team doing well, are you worried? Well, the, the good thing to hear, I know there's nothing really good, but the positive is that the two teams that did get caught with COVID – were doing things they shouldn't have. Right. So what that means is the rest of the teams that were hopefully doing what they should have, mm-hmm. you know, there aren't cases. Right. So I think that's good. I'm not – I mean, I am worried because you don't know what these players are, are, are doing. But right. from from what I'm getting is if if, you're, if they're doing what they're supposed to, staying in their bubble, wherever they're supposed to stay, whatever restrictions they have, they stick to it, they'll, they'll finish the season. Right. Right. So um, – yeah, hopefully all the players can do that, you know, and they could just see what the Cardinals and ha- what happened to the Cardinals in Miami and, and learn from it. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I agree. It's a, it's a tough situation, and football has to take note. NFL's coming up, and they have schedules where College teams are traveling. stuff, too. I mean, yeah, but, but especially the pros, you know, traveling city to city um, where their bubble restrictions may not be as strong. I think it would have been easy if they had, and Brian's mentioned this in a, in a personal message, you know, chat to me before, that if they had bubbles where teams played just on Sunday, say every team played on Sunday, and what would happen is starting Thursday, they they they'd go to that city that they play in and just bubble up in a hotel that day, right? Play the game and then obviously be careful the other three days, but the team is together, you know, bubbled up kind of in in those those other sections. So um, we'll see what happens. Who's your, so I'm very curious to know. Here are the options again for knots of the week. Craig Whitaker, he's uh, the MP. MP that says the Bain community is not taking the pandemic seriously. Spall fans for leaving a severed pig's head outside of the stadium. Nike for making Chelsea's third kit look like Crystal Palace. And the COVID Cardinals for trying to ruin baseball. Um, pick here. So because I am a Chicago fan, yeah, I'm going to say the COVID Cardinals. Okay. Because you also do what the Spall fans did. So you're... For you, the Spall fans And, are, again, I'm tired of voting. You know, the racist is the obvious winner. But, you know what, I'm going to go with the car- COVID Cardinals. I'm going to go with Craig Whitaker. I'm picking the racist this week because he said BAME and, and Muslims. So, like, he's against every minority. Yeah. Fuck that man. Fuck Corey, Craig Whitaker. He's a clown. I'm going to take him, even though the COVID Cardinals come in a close second for me. Nike, it just, you know, I think a Chelsea, any Chelsea fan should be upset. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah, so I'm right. not too arsed about it. Exactly. Uh, so there's that. Uh, any final musings before we log off? Hopefully next week we'll have more about transfer stuff. I, I don't think there are really – we'll talk a little bit about 
Europa League, Premier, uh, sorry, Champions League. Some transfer news. Some big things are close to happening. Look at our, watch our Twitter account. We might tweet out a few ITK tidbits. Okay. Shall we? Shall we make ourselves ITK? Actually, let us know, folks. Shall we make ourselves ITK? Meaning that we will conglomerate the interesting rumors, the ones that are close to happening for you to see. Let us know. All right. Any anything else? No. All right. Then let's, as usual, take it away to Villarreal's new manager. Unai Emery. Aloha. Love you guys. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. 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 